Do 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 ba 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 rant. Ba ba ba. Oh, that's horrible. That sorry, my my throat is thrashed. I was I was just serenading Bob off off mic, and it was much better than that. And now I feel horrible that I've started the show this way. I'm just gonna sit here in an awkward silence and pontificate. No, no, I'm not. Welcome to tonight's show. We have. We have uh, uh, our we have a, a our good friend and you know I guess you know, he's like a guest host. He comes in, he comes in every once in a while for a, for a spot of tea, and joins us as we uh, wax poetic about all things, you know, pop culture and whatnot. Um, but I'm very happy to say that tonight we have Bob Rose in the house, and he's in the digital green room right now, and we are doing another top ten. Top five list. Sorry, it's a top five list. And um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just thinking in my head of like, God, why do I always start shows in such an awkward way? Like, why can't I just open a show with a welcome to the show? It's always got to be some singing or something. like just like just start the show normal. Just start. Hey, what's up? It's Jeff. How you doing? Welcome. We're doing a show tonight. Blah, 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 blah. That's how it. So that's how it starts. That's how it's starting the show right now there okay in any case we got bob rose he's here we're talking he came up with this idea this was his idea and it's a great idea um i i love the top five or the list format bob and i have done this several times before we've done this on his channel we've done this on my channel and i said you know bob it's time you know we, we want to do a top top you know a listicle thing and we we're trying to figure out what it was bob said how about three equals so three equals it is and I'll bring him in and we'll, he'll let him uh, elaborate uh, further on that. Um, so without further ado, bringing, um, calling Bob Rose from the digital green room backstage. Oh, hey. we're really big. Oh, there we are. Hey now. What's up? Hey now. How you doing, Bob? All right. And what a weird topic, right? Like, you know what I, you know what I thought about while Perfect, I was making Bob. my, while I was making my list was like, yeah. Like you're making this list and you're like, there's no way to not be a hack with this list because movie franchises that last that long are uh, there's only so many. And so the, the pickings are kind of slim for this category we've chosen. So you kind of have to have a hackish list if you go. And there's nothing that I truly love that's like truly love, love that's off the beaten path too much for threequels. <laughs> So kind of uh, that, that, that is sucks. not the case for me. Good, good, because I don't want to, to overlap too much. You know, I, I, you know, I'm surprised. I don't know. You know, I actually wanted to run this by you. Yeah, do we it. always do. So, so Bob and I, when we do our top five lists or our whatever, our top our listicle, I don't know what you call this thing because we've done top ten and top five. I've been doing it top, on on my podcast top of the pop. too. I, it's a good. It's just a good conversation. It's thing. great. I love it. I love yeah. it. You're the perfect person to do it with. So when we do our top of the pops list, it's it's always like if we have an overlapping one, we just sort of cancel it out. And because it's, you know, possible to do runner ups and things, I think the new rule moving forward, mm -hmm. um, the new rule should be that if someone else has taken your thing, that you should replace your thing with one of your runner ups. It oh, automatically knocks it out of the slot. And that might that might like cause things to run a little bit longer, but 
I think it will be a little bit more interesting. But you have to admit that someone has knocked one of your movies out, and th- I'm I am down. now subbing it in. So it's kind of like totally playing. Down. It's kind of like playing horse, but not at all. If that makes any sense. No, totally. You know? And it also like the thing is, is I love a lot of my runner ups. So it's mm-hmm. not. It's not like it's a hard decision, really. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. So okay, that's good. Now. Now, to start us off here, um, well, I'll, I'll tell you what. Why don't you lead us into what exactly a threequel is or what a threequel qualifies as? And then I want so, to. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Be- begin. Begin. Oh, I was going to say the reason when you asked me to do this that I didn't say sequel is because I knew that that would be infinitely easier. Number twos in the world of cinema are just the most prevalent thing possible three quads quads would be hard i thought i didn't want to jump right to four i thought maybe one day you (laughs) might ask me again i'll be like let's do number fours okay because that's even harder okay you know and then one day number fives which is like oh my god so hard rarefied air (laughs) god i don't even know if i could do that um yeah but i didn't want like number twos i feel like also like with my taste as it is, I don't know how you feel about this, Jeff, but I love so many number twos <laughs> so much. Like, I always like, love a good number two. A lot of my favorite movies of all time are number twos. You know what I mean? And it's funny saying <laughs> yeah. that out loud because it's like a lot of my favorite movies are literal shit. <laughs> number two. Who does number two, two work, work for? for. <laughs> right. Right. I, I'm, um, I'm a genuine lover of sequels and I do not feel guilty in the least. Too. Right. And Bob, why don't you just tell everybody uh, your your feelings about canon and your rigidity in regards to canon? Well, it's not like I disregard movies that are made and that like a retcon. I don't disregard like retcons because the filmmakers intended that. And I will watch the movie with the retcon in mind. For example, the new Halloween movies or Texas right. Chainsaw Massacre has retconned like four times. Hellbound right. is a great movie. Um, responding to Dan. What's up, Dan? Welcome to um, the stream. It's a great movie. Uh, it's not a three though. That's a two. <laughs> That's number two. Doesn't count, Dan. It doesn't, doesn't count. count. Doesn't count. Um, so I really enjoy when um when a when a series keeps the continuity and the new filmmaker has to work with what's been given to them. I enjoy that as an exercise. I don't like just throwing everything away. Like, even if it's the worst movie ever that came before, you work with what you got, and that's the Passing creative the baton. That's the creative exercise. I think we've talked about it in your channel before. Is on the biggest world stage, I feel like Marvel did a great job with this with Age of Ultron. They didn't disregard Age of Ultron, and it became a pivotal movie, even though most people hate it. Like that I is never, the, I always liked it. I well, never that's, had a problem with I'm it. not trying to review Age of Ultron at all. I but I, I'm just saying the way that they treated the events of the story in Age of Ultron going forward was always with reverence. And even though it's kind right. of the one that's like the you know, redheaded stepchild type thing of yeah. that of yeah. that. So even sure. so I like in horror franchises, you got many of those disregarded sequels that they try to wash away. And I'm like, no, don't wash them away. They happened. Wash away. And now be creative and use the events. Just because it was executed badly doesn't mean the events can't be used for later 
properly, right? Like the story of sure. this, right? Sure. For example, too, I would I would point to tonal differences. Jeff, like I love the movie Creed, right? Creed's a good movie. But tonally speaking, you watch Creed, and when they talk about how his father died, you think in your brain about the tone of Rocky IV, which I absolutely adore, but it's not remotely congruent, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. not. At all. And... It's not at all. It doesn't work like that. But they use it like it's a deep, powerful, moving experience. Sure for creed's uh you know growth as a character but no matter what they do <laughs> it's still rocky four which is great i you know i can actually speak as you know i can actually kind of speak personally to this in my own experience in my own work in the sense that i made a sequel to a movie that doesn't actually exist correct and the yes. tone of the original movie was like super serious like super dead serious like a uh, revenge thriller and the movie, the sequel is a goofy, you know, uh, you know, uh, punch up of trying to be like John waters with film noir, like just ridiculous Every actors chewing scenery. Yeah. And yeah, trying like to like that. mix and mix the two things together. And you know what I've learned? And it's the same thing with reanimator. It's the same thing with return of the living dead. What makes it possible to mesh tones like that? You just your actors have to have conviction if they if they if they treat and your filmmakers. Yeah, of course, you have to treat it seriously, whatever mm -hmm. it is. If you treat it seriously, you will create um, a tone that might be both serious and ridiculous all at the same time. Correct. And it's it, it makes for an interest. It can make for an interesting film. It'd be like uh, and, if I made a dramatic sequel to my shorts. With the right. same characters taken completely Precisely. seriously. Right. It, right. It's possible. I could do that. You could do My Cousin Vinny with Lon Pickleman. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy watching, especially in the golden age of like the 80s and 90s, when they actually, for some reason, totally respected canon and they try and each one. Had to start where the other one left off. You know, looking Preciously, at the Friday. Precious respect. Precious, precious respect. respect. I enjoy yeah. that. I'm I'm open to the new filmmaker coming in with their vision, but I'm like, you had to start where the other guy finished. It's kind of like an exquisite corpse. Chucky. 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 But it's an exquisite corpse of a franchise, right? You got to start where the other filmmaker ended. Yeah. I enjoy that, and I think respect that makes the it. dead. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think that makes it more fun, to be honest. Makes the whole yeah. franchise more fun, even if the I, entries are bad. I dig that. I yeah. I really dig your take on that. I I do. I really do. And to start us off, this movie does not count in either one of our lists because of a private conversation that Bob and I had. But it oh, would God. I would be remiss. We would be remiss not to mention it. It would. Bob brought it up as an example, and I was like, Bob, that, that, I'm like maybe that would have been on my list. Now you like brought it up, like now it's I not like on it's mine. Like, Sully. I said it. I said it wouldn't be on mine. I said that. Right. Well, it's sticking from the record now. I have. I can't. Okay. In good conscience, <laughs> I can in good conscience use it in the way that I wanted to use it. So I just wanted to start off by highlighting it because the not only are we doing threequels, we're doing horror horror threequels. Yeah. 
which which brings us into the the territory of franchise and everything that Bob just said so eloquently about how you know exquisite corpses and you know pr- precious franchise you know pr- uh, holding the continuity canon uh, precious and um and you know the the horror threequel is a particular breed of animal you see in non horror three threequels you're typically capping off a trilogy of films typically yeah. this is a gross Th- generalization we, we naturally view three as an ending right chunk like star right. wars is three threes you know we just it, had three we have two threes of jurassic park it all feels right like that's the set, everything right? ends right and everything ends in a three so yeah the the to, like the 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 mindset of the threequel top five would be super different if it was non-horror so keeping it horror adds a little extra interesting sort of thing to it in the sense that a threequel really doesn't mean jack shit in the realm of horror it's just one of many numbers whereas in non-horror films it is generally yeah it's the end it's the end cap or it's the punctuation i don't know jeff if we could think of uh veronica that doesn't have two (laughs) more movies does it Um, what's up lynn uh if we could think for one second before we get into it yeah, because I, I didn't consider this while making my list of well, what I is talk my... about that movie too, real quick. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, what is my favorite threequel of all time? Mm. And I here's the thing: is I'm thinking in my mind, and I'm wondering if it might actually be my number one on this list. Wow, so I don't horror. know. I'd have to really think about it. Damn, dog. I have to I, really think about it. For me, it's got to be either Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome or Return of the Jedi. I one do of love the two. Return of the Jedi. I do love that. I, I mean, though, it has to I, be also, one, one of those rare, two. A rare defender of Back to the Future 3, too. I like Back to the Future 3. I, Here's I, the other thing, too. Here's another thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a, 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 non, a non-horror 3 non-horror threequel is going to leave generally speaking leave you in a light-hearted good place sans revenge of the sith it was probably also planned too the i feel like horror ones are just sequels that were greenlit whereas like the ones we're talking about if you say return of the king return of the jedi they at least were greenlit with number two you know what i mean like they were planned out yeah they weren't just like as the went along it was matrix like, revolutions well that was that was greenlit with with uh, i know i know i know one. right i right. know i know and i do look i've grown to love the ending of matrix revolution so don't <laughs> i that's another podcast altogether. oh shit you know um, we taught we you, i would bob that wouldn't was be on actually my list. on bob was on the the i'm not smoking by the way this is not a cigarette this is a piece this is a paper straw i just like to tell just just like to hold not. it I can hold I a just pen like if you hold want. Just hold a pen. I, I just, yeah, I've been super stressed lately, and I have taken up to per- holding a, a pretend cigarette in my hands, place I used to smoke. But I feel very self conscious doing it, and I. So I've been saying on my channel a lot that this is not real because I don't want people to think that I'm. Smoking. It's fine if I'm it not. is. It's fine. I know it, it is. Yeah, There's nothing wrong know. if it was, but I just don't want people to think that I've taken up smoking again. Gotcha. Okay. That's that's it. Um, uh, I really didn't even need to say anything at all, but I did. So I did. Whatever. <laughs> In any case, so the one, the movie that was stricken from the record for for either one of our lists is Scream Three. Yeah. Now Scream Three 
holds there is almost uh, again also breathing rarefied air in that it's that's it's a special type of horse uh horror uh threequel for a few reasons one it actually works as that complete that that final that final conclusion that just works so well that we were talking about in non-horror trilogies it ends on such a wonderful note nothing makes me happier than the ending of scream three that's number one number two it really does complete a final you know in general even in horror you do think of things in trilogies you can you know i mean there's there's tropes trilogy tropes as, as they talk about in scream um so you know this is a movie that sort of embodies all of that scream three uh, a lot of people hate scream three i have never you're kind hated of the, scream three. you're the person in my life that loves scream three i'm a fierce you're yeah a you're like that defender guy. <laughs> of of scream three for a very simple reason in that Sydney has a very clear arc. The movies don't revolve around Ghostface. They revolve around Sydney. Sure. It's Sydney's story. It's a final girl story. And it concludes perfectly, concisely. The character arc completes at the end of Scream 3. She leaves her gate wide open. She's open to the world. She doesn't need to hide anymore. Like all these things, all these symbolic things. It's perfect, man. And yes, it gets a little clunky. Yes, it gets a little Scooby Dooey. But like, who gives a shit, man? It's a great freaking. I I really want to say I don't. I don't hate Scream Three. I it wouldn't be on my list. I don't love it to the degree you do, but I am not one of the haters of Scream Three. I'm quite fine with it. I I, I just think it's. I think it's the it also <laughs> it merges two movie universes. So it sure does. It, it, it sure, sure does. So yeah, it sure does. That's Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, Bob. <laughs> And, and you know, here's the other thing too. This is what I really, what really, what a, what gets a weird me thing, right? It's still to this day I can't so believe weird. that happened. It's so the weird. absolute weirdest thing. It's bizarre. Um, w- one last thing before we move on. The what makes Scream Three such a unique threequel mm-hmm. is that it deviates from the formula in a way that nobody is thinking of. It is. It's also a ghost story, and it's also an exorcism story. And I know that sounds crazy, but it, it's true. The um, Her mother's ghost haunts her, and she needs to put her mother's unfinished business to rest before she can. her mother's spirit can be free. And it's just, it's beautiful, man. I mean, it's great. It's super, it's super interesting. Nobody ever, yeah. like, chimes in on this, you know? I think, Jeff, listening to you, and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Um I feel like you talking about Scream Three reminds me of myself talking about Star Trek Five. Holy shit! Because <laughs> I I'm a fierce defender of the character the odd, arcs, the, the char- odd numbers. Well, the one that everybody hates, the one that everybody hates. Like, yeah, I, I'm a fierce defender of the character arcs and the character moments in that movie that everybody dislikes. And hmm. I feel like you're doing the same thing with Scream Three. I, I maybe so, but it's just I I just people and you're just not like, wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, people just like they just they just beat the crap out of script. I'm like, do you not see that this is like <laughs> that they, they are wrapping up a ghost story that a begins in script before scream one? B, it's like it, it really is a perfect these three films are perfectly self-encapsulated. We go back to the unfinished business of the mother, which wraps up the trilogy. It's perfect, man. 
I think, I, just, I, I mean, it. I know we made a joke about it, but I think honestly, if Jay and Silent Bob didn't happen in that movie, like, I feel <laughs> like that moment literally makes people hate it because if there was any doubt in their mind, it gets to that moment and they're like, oh, Wes didn't care. Right. A cynic can't get through that part and, and take the movie seriously. I think it's the, it's the Scooby-Doo tone that nobody can get over. Right. And it's a, but I just kind of go like the whole fucking series is Scooby Doo. What are you to talking degree, about? Yeah. It's very self aware. So, yeah. The Dewey Dewey is straight out of a Scooby Doo movie a thousand times over in all three movies. You know what I'm saying? And Honestly, his, in, in a better world, I would love to see Jay and Silent Bob like having a type of scream mystery they have to solve. Sure. That would be fucking That'd be great. incredible. Like Kevin I Smith, wish... that's the movie we want to see from that's you. That's kind man. of what you should be doing, Kevin Smith. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was gonna do the Jaws version of that yeah, with right. Jay and Silent Bob with Moose Jaws, but that's a story for a different for... time. Talk about threequels that need to come to fruition, but he should have um, just made three Tusk movies, and it's a different animal every time. Yeah, with, with the through line of the same, you know, characters. You'd have a tut. You'd have a walrus. There should have been a moose for sure instead of moose jaws. Just have a moose, and then maybe an elephant just to or make things really what, spicy. whatever he feel whatever tickles his fancy. Yeah, what about a whooping a whooping crane would be interesting <laughs> <Sure>. choice. <laughs> All right, let's launch into these. Let's launch yeah. into our films. Um, uh, we're gonna take a. I think we're gonna take a commercial break in about ten minutes. Um, okay, Bob, you start us off with your number one. Now that we got Scream Three out of the way, out of the Bob, way. No, it's, it's Scream Three, which is not on my list. I we did put it, it on down. a mantle. We put, I put it, it on, on the my, mantle. I put it on my honorable mentions only because I was just barfing out prequels I like. Cheers, cheers. So it did make my honorable mentions, but we won't talk about it again. Cheers. Um, okay, so this is a very hard list to make. And I thought about it to extent. Uh, my number five is a movie that I feel like is, excuse me, not one of the most popular of its franchise. But I really like it for several reasons. And it is Phantasm 3. Oh, good choice, Bob. So the, well, I love Phantasm 3. And it's the one that I saw the most when I was a kid. And I think that it's the, I will agree in watching them as an adult. I actually love every Phantasm movie, even Ravager. Oh my is, God. Which looks like I, which honestly looks like I made it. It, it looks, looks like, like I, you made it. Yeah, it looks like I made it by myself with nobody's help. Um, Why haven't Phanta you done that? <laughs> I'll make Phantasm 6 without anyone's permission. Uh, Phantasm 3, I think, is the one that is the least cerebral and the most visceral and, uh, goopy and gory and simple and it also has this wedged in home alone uh yes yeah, i'm glad people like it amy thank you uh it's Love it's amy it's the one that is the least weird even though i love all the phantasm movies it's the one that on the surface is uh the most understandable if that makes sense um can i chime in here for one second Absolutely. just to say that you said it perfectly when i think of the, the Phantasm movies in general are very patchwork and incoherent in their canon in canonosity, whatever you want to call it. Um, when I think of like what the status quo of Phantasm is, I think of Phantasm 3, if that really? makes any That's sense. That's interesting. Yeah. To me. I think most people would say Phantasm 2. That's what I would understand. Yeah, but the dude is not in the movie. What's his face is not. Um, I know, but I feel like that's the one I see at horror conventions. Uh, they asked if Ravager was a sci-fi movie. 
Ravager was a web series yes. that was edited into a feature film. 720p. Which... <laughs> Shot 720p. in 720p. It's it look, it has good intentions, and I think the story actually works. It is not it had did not have a budget. Um but anyway, I I also I enjoy the fact that I don't know if he's ever spoken about this, but this whole home alone kid that was wedged into Phantasm Three story that storyline with the home alone kid. Right. It's supremely odd. And I don't know if he did it because he was trying to parody Home Alone, or because and he has a his... gun. <laughs> it's like kind of like, like in a this, weird in this Home, Home Alone parody that I'm like, is it hateful, or are they just trying to capitalize on Home he Alone? He doesn't use traps; he just uses a <laughs> like gun, gun to solve his problems. Right. But I think out of all of them, it's the it's the one you can you could actually jump into easiest, even over the first one. I love um, Phantasm too. Amy but, says that Phantasm Two does not get the attention that it deserves. I agree. I agree. Um, but but Lord of the Dead is the most accessible of all the movies, and it's the one that I want to revisit the most. So that's why it goes on my list. Talk about not respecting canon. The that those Phantasm movies, cuckoo, cuckoo. Yeah, they are. They, they got like a Highlander thing going on. Right. Oh my you know, god. Just like every sequel is just like what happened here? <laughs> Dude. Highlander. Oh my lord. That's, that's a whole conversation. That's a whole different one. But yeah, yeah. Fan, I I do love Phantasm 3 and I'm glad somebody else does or you and you too because it's a weird choice. I yeah, to me that's the status quo. In the same way that Ash that Evil Dead 2 is kind of like the status, status quo, quo of Ashes, right? Like kind of right. like that sort of thing. Yeah. Um uh, did that does that conclude your your first pick right there, or did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, that's uh, okay. the only thing I'd add is that you were talking about the patchwork of the Phantasm movies. I remember I watched the whole Joe Bob marathon with all the Phantasm. <laughs> oh my god! And it, it, I think three wasn't actually in there. It was like one, two, four, and five. But the whole time he just said he loves these movies dearly, and he still everybody has, does. And he but he openly said on the show. I have no fucking clue what any of this means. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. That's okay. That's it's, okay. I like that about the Phantasm movies is you can take away what you want. Um, For my number one, again. Number five. Number five. Number five. I, yeah. all right, Bob, you're going to hate me. I, I'm mine are not in any order. They never are. It's too well, agonizing. Top five, dude. Okay. But Bob, it's too fucking hard, man. For me, I, okay. I think okay. the top five. I look, I appreciate that. When I think of top five, I just think these are five here. They're all in my hand. They're not okay. stacked right. on top of one another. Here's five. I can't I'm just going to assume order. The, I'm assuming that the hard. way that you say them are five to one. I'm just going to assume that. Fuck. I That's how I'm that. operating. I'm, but you don't have to ignore me. I'm all right. So, no, no, no. Fine. I'm, fine. I'm so now that's that. how I'm going to do it. And that's how I'm going to do it, Bob. <laughs> God damn it. All right. Ready? Yes. So I guess fine. I'll try and do this in an order. God damn it. All right. So my number five is from Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. Oh my god! <laughs> Woo! Yeah, baby, yeah. Okay, um, I I've seen it once, Jeff. Once. <laughs> okay, we got. There's a lot to say here. I'll try to keep my. I'll try to be. I'll try to have some brevity. Something I, I lack. Bruce Campbell's in that one, right? No, he is not. He needs the second one. He's in the. What's second up, one. Michelle? How are you? Yes, I still have the fake cigarette. I gave the whole explanation 
as to why I have the fake cigarette. Thank you for noticing. Hope you are well. Um, okay. So talk about movies that were greenlit back to back. Texas Blood Money and Hangman's Daughter were greenlit back to back. I was ecstatic from Dust to Dawn, one of my favorite films in Same. general. Same. Um, Grindhouse before it's Grindhouse. People don't really, that's my hot take, is that this is actually the first Grindhouse. It just happens to be in one movie. And the way that works is the first half of From Dust Till Dawn is pure Quentin Tarantino. It's a crime thriller. And the second half is Desperado to uh, 1.5 in a bar with vampires, man. And it's just like, what a twist, right? I'll never forget the girl I was seeing at the time in college. She didn't know anything about From Dust Till Dawn. Mm-hmm. It, we, she, she was watching it blind, and I wasn't even watching the movie. I was watching her because I wanted to see her reaction when they were all vampires. I was just so curious to see. It's how the she perfect would movie for that, right? Oh my god, it's the perfect movie. Yeah. So I, I I love this franchise, and you know, at the time, Texas Blood Money has grown on me over the years. But at the time, I always felt like it was a letdown. Bruce Campbell is in the opening scene with. Um, Kelly Kapowski, right. Tiffany Amber Threesen for a spot cameo, which really let me down at the time, uh, directed by Scott, Scott Spiegel, of course, who, who was, uh, you know, in the Raimi, Raimi crew and whatnot. Yeah. Um, he did a movie called Intruder, also a very Tarantino esque film, Texas Blood Money. When you revisit it, um, lots of, I mean, they were aiming, they were trying to mimic his style. With totally. Them, right? I totally. Mean, that's what the point was, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, the third one is actually a prequel and it takes place in the old West and spoilers. If you haven't seen a fucking 20 something odd year old movie um, that the, the titty twister, the bar, it sits yeah. on top of this Mayan uh, pyramid and that, or whatever, just a, like some sort of indigenous South American pyramid. I don't know if it's Aztec or Mayan. It was some, supposed to be some, one of those cultures and uh, Inca, maybe, I don't know. Um, and, you know, Robert Rodriguez does the most brilliant thing ever. I don't know if this is Quentin Tarantino's idea. I feel like this is Robert Rodriguez's idea. Let's the final shot. We're going to pull back on this matte painting and reveal that we're sitting on top of a friggin' pyramid. That is then that this has been going on for hundreds of years. And it sets up the perfect threequel in the hangman's daughter, which has its own story. Not, not to get into the whole story, but it's great, man. It has the return of Michael Parks, who's in the right. original from Dust Till Dawn. He comes back and he's off. To, he plays this guy who's off to like join Pancho Villa's gang. And it's basically it is almost a it's almost a reboot. It's a reboot, a prequel or sorry, it's a remake. It's a prequel and it's a sequel all at the same time. Uh, Danny Trejo returns again. This time, obviously, makes sense because he gets staked in the right. whatever in the first movie and then returns, whatever he, he Danny Trejo just always returns in these movies. He and could be, Danny Trejo could be in every movie and I wouldn't question. Sure. It. It sure. Matter, Rebecca right? Gay Hart's in yeah. it. She's great. Uh, Orlando Bloom. I think his name is he's in it. The, the vampires are interesting. There's a great little story in there and it's just a lot of fun. It's a great way to sort of uh, cap off the, the uh, from dust till dawn series, although we've never gotten a proper, from Dust Till Dawn sequel, and I would just, I would, there I would was the love TV one. show, but that was a different kind. Yeah, the TV show. I, you know, I was really sort of bummed out by that TV show. They got too crazy it. with, they got too crazy with it. Yeah, that's just me. Well, I'm gonna revisit it, Jeff, because I, uh, it's you been, should. 
I literally was was managing a video store in the aughts the last time I saw <laughs> that movie. <laughs> Bro, yeah. I saw a movie in 1998, I think. 97 <laughs> or 98. I can't I was believe that waiting. made your five. Okay, okay. Fuck yeah, it did, dude. What are That's you, crazy? amazing. Okay, I'm, well, I'm look, not yeah, judging. No, yeah. I just can't believe it made the five out of Why? everything available. Three, it, we're talking about horror threequels, man. Uh, listen, I, I got I, a lot of honorable mentions. I could be surprised. <laughs> yes, you can. But but listen, we're not saying the top best. We're saying our top five. Yes, would be, I'm, I'm still my surprised. I would have, you could have tortured me and I never would have said from. Dust well, I made it, but so I made yeah. this a little bit more uh, interesting. Uh, no, interesting. Good. So, because I think my list is kind of hacky. So, you know, right. I'm so glad. there, I've made yeah. it a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, You, okay. You say your next pick and then we're going to go to our, our uh, commercial real quick. So go ahead. Okay. My next pick, I think is a movie that was a flop on release. And I've, I'm so happy to see it's now much beloved by many. And it is Exorcist three. Uh, okay. I, 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 oh, be very light with this one because I have never seen Exorcist three. Oh my God, have you not seen Exorcist three, Jeff? I, dude, I just watched The Exorcist for the first time in its entirety two years ago. Okay. okay. Well, I've never been interested in so Exorcist if, stuff. So, never. I, know. I think we talked about this. It also did. Has to do with like our upbringing and our, our yes our background. Yes. Um, I'm a you. <laughs> right and i'm an italian catholic i was raised italian catholic there you go um so if you don't know jeff exorcist 2 the heretic is not well loved yes this i know it, it is not well loved i Linda know Blair actually, returns i actually know people who adore it and I, that's fine um but exorcist 3 is one of those movies that actually sends chills up my spine oh. like, like it's it's just it's it's incredible i can't talk about it much without spoilers so i think anyone that's watching will be on on board because it has such a good following now like people have come around to it it's I had think, a renaissance like it's Halloween had, it's had a, did. george c scott yeah it's a great movie um all i can say jeff is there you go the, the <laughs> people are supporting it jeff you gotta i don't think you need to watch the heretic you don't need to watch that. People have told me I don't need to watch it. You don't I'm still need going just, to. I have to. To do it for to be a completionist, but I think... As Michael even... J. Epstein would say. <laughs> All these sequels aren't going to watch themselves. These sequels yeah. are not, not going to watch, watch them. themselves. Why does he put that on a t-shirt? He should, you know, you would Because I don't think he has a t-shirt store. Like, I could do it, I guess. But You could do it. <laughs> I think... Here's... here's Jeff, here's... I know that The Exorcist wasn't your cup of tea because of those reasons. But I think... The Shears, Yeah. But I'm but I think if you watch it, it will even surprise you. I'm sure. Listen, I just want to weigh in. The, OK, so for those of you wondering why the hell have I never seen The Exorcist? I've seen bits and pieces on TV. It is just never two things that don't like interest me. Uh, possession stuff like and ghost stuff. I, I don't. It doesn't scare me. I always was the zombie guy. Zombies terrified me, terrified me. So for me, like that's where I leaned very heavily because I thought or body horror. I leaned, although you, one could could say that The Exorcist absolutely qualifies as a body horror film. Um, uh, yeah, so I would say Exorcist Three has some of that too. So there you go. Um, although I'm thinking about the stuff in Exorcist Three that does actually make my like spine tingle, and a lot of it is religious. 
in tone so, so maybe, i don't know uh, that might not have any effect i don't know man i i am just i i just never i was like oh you've been possessed by a devil okay whatever like it just never it just never interests me man never and so finally i've obviously it's considered to be one of the greatest films ever made let alone greatest horror film ever made i have to i you know i finally turned it on i watched it it was great it was a good movie um yeah, yeah you can't you can't insult the reason. filmmaking of the no, exorcist at all listen it's like, no it's, but the story is good it's listen yeah, yeah it is great things are great for a reason you know you can be that hipster d-bag who's like nah, it's not really that great it's so overrated blah, blah, blah. but that's not, look things are great for a reason the beatles are great for a reason okay sure. even if you want even if you love to hate the beatles the beatles are still great for a reason Exorcist is great for a reason. I mean, I, different to the Beatles, but they—I wouldn't say they're not great. You know what I mean? Sure. I yeah, so, I get what you're saying. So there you go. Yeah, no, so, I, I I totally trust that you would recognize the genius of the Exorcist yeah, as far from a filmmaking it. standpoint, right? Now, if you gave me the Exorcist or the Guardian, I would probably be like, let's get the guard, let's get our Guardian on. That's another william freaking movie i I probably go sorcerer myself but i've never seen sorcerer another gotta see sorcerer man i'm big i freaking is one of my favorites of all time so brian says brian says if neither of you have amityville 3d i quit oh let's go to brian (laughs) have you seen amityville 3d (laughs) oh my god these talk about movies that can't that haven't (laughs) that need to watch themselves yeah i mean it's not making my top five i'm just sorry Dan says, as an atheist, I still so, really like the Exorcist from the Omen. Dan, I am a lapsed Catholic who doesn't really talk about any of that stuff anymore, and I still love the Omen. I just watched the entire Omen trilogy. Oh, I need to do that and that the remake and the remake. So uh, that is something I need to Omen do. Omen three is the... not on my list. I will say that. But... Damn Neil, baby. Oh, but yeah, his it's very interesting <laughs> movie, but it is not a great movie. Uh, oh, yo, Omen Four when with the girl when she comes back is like, dude. Comes back Omen Two though, awesome. I loved Omen. Uh, two. I've not seen Omen Two. You got to see Omen Two. Yeah. Um, Amy says she was Reagan for Halloween when she was thirteen. That, that's incredible. <laughs> that's crazy. Amy, have you ever seen Repossessed? That's my favorite Exorcist. Movie. Right, right. That's <laughs> with Linda Blair and uh, and Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, that was great. Uh, good, good pick, Bob. Uh, I will probably, you know what? I'm gonna. It's for. I'm, I'm gearing up everybody to do 31 days of Halloween. You got, which, yeah, as you know, do the extra. Finish out the the trilogy for sure. I'm gonna do so. There's also prequels though, Jeff. Just so you know, I'm not doing the prequel. I the prequel, <laughs> the two prequels, the prequel war. Oh my god, that could the be weird own, prequel thing. That could have its own documentary. That that whole right. situation. Rennie um, Harlan versus Paul Schrader. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who are unaware, every year I do 31 days of Halloween. I watch a minimum of 31 horror movies in 31 days. There's no rhyme or reason to it. And I'm going to be doing a review every single day for every single movie that I watch on this channel. So make sure to tune in the review. Every night you're going to talk about every night. I did it last year. Every single crazy, every night last year, I shot, edited and uploaded a review of whatever I watched that day. And I did it for the whole month of October. It's it's a marathon, but it's so much fun. It's it's a journey, dude. It's a really, really fun journey. And if you you ever want company on one of those days, I'll watch the same. I would love that. I would absolutely. Bob, let's let's coordinate. I would love to do that. I've already got two movies. Smile is going to be my first film this year. It's out in theaters. And I also got uh, tickets to a a secret. uh, Sorry, an advanced screening of Piggy. 
which I've been oh, okay. hearing interesting things about. And, you know, the thing about piggies is sometimes they get sticky. And you know what else gets sticky, Bob? Stickers. 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 I'm going crazy with these basement prices on stickers. No, just kidding. And the best uh, stickers are the ones <laughs> from Riot, I think. I right. Mean, Riotfest.com. Yeah. They have the best stickers. Sharpie Riot, my boy Sharpie Riot. He sponsors this channel. Powered by Riotstickers.com. He printed up this beautiful banner behind me. He he pressed up this. You can't see the, the button that's on the side of my head on my cool genre blast hat. But um, Riotstickers.com. Look at the vinyl shine on these stickers. He took these stickers and he stuck them up together. Uh, I stick these stickers everywhere, man. And let me tell you, rain, shine, snow, sleet. I'm not even using my words properly. Everything works. Everything works. It's great. Riotstickers.com because Riot Stickers are the bomb. And as you know, as we do every time we do a show, we have to play that very, very catchy theme song from the guy from Less Than Jake. So we're going to do that real quick and we're going to get right back to the list. My number four pick. Hold on one second. It's coming up right now. If I could just find it, I'll just keep talking because we don't want any dead air on None at the all. channel. I can't because, wait for Jeff to not like Exorcist 3. You I'm know, so excited. Corn. Wait, is it is it Blair Witch Three? Is that what you're basically telling me right now? Wow! <laughs> the fact that you're turned around in a corner almost makes me think Blair Witch. That was the plan. Was like, did, That's what I was doing. Oh, is that on your list? The Blair Witch, the third Blair Witch movie? No, no, no. I just okay. thought that would be funny. <laughs> okay. I was like, you know, I've never like like done a gag from like like I should just like turn around and like be facing the wall just for no reason. Um, what if you didn't move for like half an hour? That'd be that would what, be what really do I weird. do? Is, what, what, how long until I sign out? <laughs> no, that's just the beginning of our uh improv folk film. Oh, right. I forgot. That's yeah, that was pretty that's much what would happen. That's that an idea. Happen. That's an yeah. idea. So, um, all right. So we're, we're, da- we're up to my number four and I have decided that my number four is going to be alien three. Then I'm going to have to edit my number three. Oh, I knocked Bob out. I knocked Bob out. Yeah, baby. Damn this it! Fun. I, this is a this has made the game more spicy because it does. You can knock somebody out. It's like it's like this weird sort of game now. Okay, 
So, and Bob, obviously, if you want, you know, you should weigh in on Alien 3 as well. I'll, I'll let you speak first. I'm deciding sure. what to put in the slot. So, yeah, I, I picked Alien 3 because, you know, again, another three, three quarters. It's amazing how the horror threes are generally hated. Yeah. You know, they're generally hated, as we just said. The, the, the non-horror threes are loved. Return of the King, Return of the Jedi, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, these films are friggin' but- beloved. Jeff, let's let's get to the point though. Why Alien Three is hated? I don't. I've always said it is not because of the execution. It's not because of the movie itself. It is hated for one simple fact, and yeah. that was the decision to kill two characters mm. off screen at the beginning. If that decision was different, Alien Three would not be hated like it is. So, I, I truly believe that. So here's the thing. Going back to what Bob says about sticking with canon and the baton was passed to David Fincher, whoever, whoever the, the, the script writing of alien three is a long torrid, crazy situation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we were not going to get into, but whoever got the final ball and had made that decision to kill off Newt and uh, Hicks at the beginning of the film, they were handed a baton. They, they respected the canon but they they chose to to just to basically go in a different direction and and alienated alienated um <laughs> yeah. alienated a a large group of people that just absolutely were you know riding high we all ride high on, on the ending of aliens only to come into the just the bleak you know nihilistic the, just the very oh. unique tone of alien yeah of alien three it sucks because it's like just it's like a few lines in the script which could have been easily changed yeah i mean they could have lived and they could have just been in like you know stasis for the whole movie or or, something right you could have actually up the stake you could have increased the stakes by having them be alive and having to keep them alive yeah or, or you create pathos in which that's what alien three deals with and that's what people Refuse to accept, but it's all there. Ripley's pathos for uh, grieving the loss of a child, right? And she, that becoming she a mother. Like, yeah, it was Again. her mother, right? No, no, but I mean, become no, but well, yeah, she was a mother the first time, and then she adopted Newt. But she's now forcibly become a mother after losing a child, in that she's going to give birth to an alien queen. So it's interesting how she's mourning the death of a child while once again pregnant with a different type of child that she doesn't want. And it just, it deals with all sorts of stuff. You have great performances. We get Lance Hendrickson comes back as, as Bishop in, it's just such a killer cameo. Charles, it's really sad. Charles Dance and Charles, yeah, Charles Dance. Oh man. Charles oh, Dance, one of my favorite actors of all time. So great. And Charles Dutton. The two. Both, both great. Yeah, like those those are two those are two guys he, that remind me guy, of my childhood. That's know? the guy from Lost World too, right? The 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 game hunter. Uh not Charles Dance, no. No, not Charles, Charles Dance. Dance. Charles Hutton. Am I thinking of no, someone Charles else? Charles Dutton. Dutton. That's the, am I thinking of a different guy? British guy, right? No, the Rock. The Charles Dutton from like uh from Rudy from Oh, know. oh, 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 oh. So who's the guy? Sorry. Okay, who's the guy that plays 
the game hunter in the lost world you know pete that guy's... Po- pete postlewaite yeah that dude is at my... one point that's was, my dude uh spielberg once said he was the greatest actor on the planet at one point uh he uh For he passed reason. away he passed away yes. like 15 years ago r.i.p but that's why R. he R. is in that's why he is in the lost world because spielberg revered him so much as an actor he's so great he makes the lost world oh as yeah great I, as it is like he's just he's the best he's in romeo and juliet plays the uh the the monk the whatever the the guy um he's, he's a great actor he's no he's one a great yeah, actor yeah yeah and, you know, an Alien 3, you know, one thing, I, when I was younger, I used to hate Alien 3 because it was like, well, well there's only one alien. They had all mo- they <laughs> it should have been three. Aliens. It should have been Why three. Why are there more aliens? Oh, just one alien again? That's stupid. We already know it's it is, it is. Alien. It is really Alien 3, small 3, right? It's right. Alien it's Alien Cubed. cubed. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, you know, like, you know, when you go older and you start to like, you know, appreciate it, you know, it matures and you appreciate it for what it is. And just like the 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 game that they have to play with the dragon, they call it a dragon, which is just fun. It's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, they're playing this game in the maze of like trying to like trap the creature. And it just goes to show, you know, it's like a great reset because because James Cameron's like, OK, more guns, more aliens. And then David Fincher's like, OK, less aliens no guns and he just like it's like he dials it back and then of course alien resurrection dials it way back even higher than aliens does in many ways and it's awesome for all those reasons because i love i love me some aliens resurrection that's another 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 aliens resurrection is a is extremely fun movie i, oh, I I've love always it. said that love 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 it i kind of like i like every aliens movie in different i do ways. the quadrilogy so, is is yeah. is church for me i, I love it yeah um so yeah, so Alien 3 is my Oh, oh, and the last thing I'll say is that bi- and then we get this awesome like turn that like Bishop comes back and it turns out Bishop is actually Wayland. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. that was so cool, man. Like what a so what a cool. reveal. Also just know? like Alien 3 is sort of like it took everything after Aliens, it took everything back to the claustrophobia, the sure. inner space and terror. It, like there's something about Alien Three that makes me actually feel like, you know, claustrophobic and sick. Everything is grimy. And, the, uh, oh, it's and there's very no, dirty. It's, it's almost like a movie from. It's almost like a, it's like a movie not from America. It's it's got a bleakness that we didn't European. see. In, it has yeah, a European vibe. Yes, it's got a bleakness that we don't see in Hollywood movies often if ever look at aliens look at aliens and look at alien three and you right can just it's see so the different. contrast is insane what's so funny is then you look at avatar and you almost could say wow it almost feels like a shit these space frontier humans it almost feels like the same like marines you know which is oh, cool well, james, well, james cameron has a space marines. he has yeah. an oeuvre right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i truly love Alien 3. I was going to say that I think it's the assembly cut. Whatever they went over it with a fine tooth comb, I think that is honestly the best cut of the it. Restoration the restoration. The restoration. Even yeah. though it, it saddens me Fincher won't ever like even remotely mention it again. There's but, a plot point. I forgot what it was. There's some plot point that they took out in the theatrical cut that, that was like egregious. And I don't remember what it was. It was something about like they released the thing. Like they released the remember. alien. But there's some egregious plot point that is restored in the assembly cut that that and that elevates the the assembly cut. I can't remember what it was. Also, I, yeah, 
I was going to say you, I wanted to say that this is a movie since the way that me and you know each other is through film festivals. And this is a movie that I bonded with one of your other guests, Stephen Stahl, uh, the, the, uh, the creator of the bizarre land film festival. Uh, he is a, he is like the biggest alien three fan there is is he really I did he not know is that. and so that's one of the first things me and him ever like connected on was alien three so there are fans out there and it, it does have it's had a resurgence of love but i, I think to it some also degree, had a every, renaissance exorcist three alien three and halloween three have all had that's why the oscars should give out oscars 30 years later it should always have a 30 years later category. I really like that idea. It really needs to have one because move truly great movies find their place. So that was my number four. And now it is your turn to do number three. My number, number three. three was alien three, but I have to replace <laughs> it. And the decision is excruciating. Here's the thing is I, <laughs> this is so is, fun. I love this. Look, Sorry. Okay, so I'm gonna because you talked about it recently, because you're in, in your Alien Three discussion, <clears throat> and I'm gonna say you can challenge me, Jeff. I'll change this answer because I'm a fan of this movie, even though it's also hated or disliked. But I, and I don't know if it counts as horror. But Jurassic Park Three. Oh, <laughs> does that count as horror? Bob. Do we can't. Does that count as horror? Bob, I, I, I can't count that. I you don't count as horror. Okay, Does I'm Jurassic sorry, Park Bob. This Jurassic Park not count as horror. It's action adventure, man. I don't. Okay, it's not. Right. not I don't right. even right. call it. Right. I, even I didn't call say them it. Monster say it. movies. We don't. We don't. They're monster movies. I, I disagree there. They are. They are. They are, yeah, they, they are categorically monster movies, but I don't consider them monster movies. I'll, I'll Let me ask you this, Bob. I'll, I'll give you the not horror. Okay, I'll give you the. Would not you horror. put Jurassic Park three on a horror shelf in a video store? No. So that but, is my. That's why I would say, doesn't doesn't, it doesn't make count. The cut. All right, all right. In all right. my opinion, listen, I'm I'm not going to do that to you. If you want to count Jurassic Park three, I don't think it. It's dude. Too, I was I was I was like iffy on if Jurassic Park, a franchise, the first three at least, counted as horror. I was like, there's horror in them without Jurassic a doubt. Park is horrific, but it Jurassic Park is firmly. Firmly okay. rooted in I'm gonna, action adventure family more than it is sci-fi monster horror, which it has tinges of. But for some reason, Jurassic Park transcends these elements that make it's it the Spielberg above. Of it, all. it is the Spielberg, and that of it is all. a Joe Johnston movie who's like kind of you know Spielberg, Spielberg light, well, like his Spielberg apprentice like level. Yeah, he's a Spielberger. Okay, in the same way that Zemeckis is, and, right, right, you know, or Dante or something, um, right. Sorry, that's fine. I, I was if you want it myself. I because the problem with my honorables is I don't a lot of them. I just I mean, would like you them. put gremlins? He's gremlins. He, could you put gremlins in a horror thing? I don't think so. Either. One, yes, two, no, mm. uh, no, definitely. Know, One man. is a horror movie, it counts. It, yeah, even though it has comedy, it counts. Horror comedy counts as horror. I just, I, no one dies. Somebody dies in gremlins. Who dies in Gremlins? The old lady. She gets thrown out of a window. She's dead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and yeah, it's, it's implied that a lot of other people it, die, but it's been decades since I've seen Gremlins. I really should revisit it, dude. I've seen and... it every year for like forty years. Are you Holy kidding? shit, Bob! 
<laughs> what are you doing? This is seriously, this is why I love Bob. Like, you don't understand. Like, this, <laughs> this is what this is what makes Bob so precious to me. Because I've like, seen movies a lot. Just that you like your your compulsivity to rewatch movies over it doesn't, and over. Dude, I do that, it too. I rewatch don't rewatch movies, uh, they don't make sense to me. Film fans, Bob, I love film. Bob, there's only so many film. There's only so much time to watch all the movies that I'm never going to get to see. Right, and, and that's I, why I respect that that you are a father and you are in charge of human beings' lives. You're married. The, yeah, I respect all these too. things. These take away from movie watching times. <laughs> it sure does. Thirty-one I, days of Halloween has gotten harder I, and harder dude, every fucking year. As a as a as a uh, of non-married. <laughs> non-children to guy i can't i can't find the time sometimes to watch movies so i'm like how the hell do you do it i have late at night i do it later and the thing too is they've gotten old enough it used to be like my son was like one and i could watch like takashi Miike's right because he wouldn't know what he's looking at right yeah and like a guy gets decapitated (laughs) and like he goes i'm like yeah isn't that great you don't actually you don't know you're accidentally raising dexter or something yeah <laughs> like you're, now you're all this stuff like um, now i can't like now we watched real quick we watched primal you watch them primal no i don't watch primal okay there's a scene in primal that's so it's a it's a cartoon so i let my son watch it even though it's oh, the ultra violent it's awesome. ultra violent sorry i thought you meant some movie named primal well primal I've... with nick cage too but no no the the show the show, yes, I've totally seen it. It's, it's just, great. It, it, I mean, it's be a masterpiece. It's great. It's inc- it's incredible. I I don't know if this was the right parental decision, but I let my son watch Primal with me because I just thought we would bond over it, and he loved it. Loved it. We watched. We must have watched Rage of the Eight Men about a million times, which is the one of the most gory things I've ever seen. But it's cartoons. But it's animated, so it's yeah, like, you know. It okay, matter. but Bob, until we watched the episode the crimson mist in season two. i don't remember the names but okay I did you watch season two yeah i've watched okay all so when they go to the village and slaughter everybody oh yeah 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 it's not for kids yeah so we i didn't yeah. know that was going to happen to the little boy <laughs> and my son turned to me with this look of horror and shock on his face tears well up in his eyes and he goes shame on you for showing this to me and i'm like but I'm like, Jordan, he's like, he's like, no, he's like, Fang is a bad man. And I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm like thinking, I'm like, okay, well, good. Like, he's like having like a visceral reaction to, to his people of, dying. He has yeah, empathy, like, this is good. This is good. He's right. sh- uh, showing he's also aligning with the right. Yeah, he's aligning with the right side of the of right, the as opposed to so, his dad, yeah. who's like, hey, <laughs> hey watch yeah, this. Yeah. Like, and I'm just sitting there, like, he's not going like. No, like literally human suffering. No, I'm like literally like thinking that I'm like literally the worst dad ever. Like just show that. But what was amazing was just the the visceral reaction to this shocking. My son, who's like children don't die. So my son, who's like, like trying to process. Well, but here's what's interesting. Actually, I brought that up in the conversation we were having. Because what I did was I paused it and then we sat and we had a very long conversation about what he saw. We processed it together. Mm-hmm. We talked about it and we talked about history, how that what happens to children in history and how history is actually rather grim, yada, yada, yada conversations that you really don't want to have with a seven year old, but you do anyway. And 
And I brought that up. I said, you know, Anakin, your favorite character, he what, what he did to the to the younglings. And he was like, he was like, no, it's not the same. And so he what it's really well, what happened, what really hurt Jordan, what really hurt my son was that he watched his hero, Fang, do this thing that he didn't think heroes did. And it was just this incredible moment of like almost like lost innocence. Right you know, rite of passage into kinder trauma that we all get right, when right. we watch something we're not supposed to see. And we had a really good, like, heart-to-heart -heart conversation. He, he made me remove it from the queue. We're not allowed to watch. I had to finish the show without him. He wouldn't watch it. He, he, he learned refused. the difference. He learned the difference between a hero and a protagonist that day. Uh, well, I, I, you know, it's funny, Bob. I, yeah. I tried to explain to him the difference between a hero and a protagonist as well. And yeah, just that it was an accident. It, he didn't mean to do it. And he goes, he shouldn't have done it. He shouldn't have done it. It was violent. And I'm going, Jordan, how many dinosaurs do we see get ripped apart in the first season? He goes, it's different. It wasn't a little boy. And I go, wow. I'm like, I'm like just so I was so proud of him. I was proud. Well, yeah, because he's totally he's feeling that. That's something that's good. You know, you want him test. to feel it was something. a litmus yeah. test of his of right. his character. So you want him to feel that. I digress. Yeah. I don't know why we got how that we I don't know how we got there. Like, I was, was crazy. I was the type of kid. <laughs> I'm gonna go to I'm gonna say I got I, I know what I'm gonna put in the space, but I was gonna say I'm the type of kid when I was young and I saw someone eating alone at a restaurant, like I'm with my parents and I saw someone eating yeah. alone, I would start crying. And my right, parents would be it was like, a bad thing. Well, my parents would be like, why are you crying? I was like, that person is so lonely that I can't take it. Like I could. And they're like, actually, people can eat alone without being depressed. Yeah, it's like. But like, I understand that nice. as a kid, you know, it's good when a kid shows that type of emotion, you know. OK, so I think that I think. I'm going to put a movie here just because I want to talk about it. Not right, maybe because it's Jurassic Park. And I said, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so now I remember how so we... I'm going to put it. <laughs> I'm going to throw you a curveball because I do love this movie and it is my favorite of the franchise. Um, I could put another one in that I probably love more, but I think it's a hack, much more hack answer. So I'm going to use this. The Purge election year. The third oh. movie in the Purge series. I respect that. I respect uh, that in that. Okay, here's why I respect that. I respect it because it's not something I was expecting. Mm -hmm. The Purge series is fine. Um, That's the only know. one I think is great, in my opinion, because it has the it has shades of the John Carpenter fuck you to the upper classes sure. and the elite and the authority. And it's kind of got a sense of humor to it. It's really over the top. They it all does... kind of blend in together to me, the Purge. That's movies. the one to me that doesn't. I, I agree. That's the, rest the one where there's the election can stop the purge from happening, right? Yeah, that's the one with the cult of ultra right conservatives that like worship the purge. I love. Listen, that mythology, like that, like first of all, it's terrifying. It's it hits close to home, sure. and it's a very interesting. Talk, again, bring up the word antagonist. It's a very interesting, you know, like threat or whatever you want to call it. I just always feel like the purge movies uh, don't. Um, I feel like they don't you know what it is I almost feel like we need to see things from the POV of the villain not 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 align with their perspective not I don't know if you're remembering this movie that well but okay look let me say this I don't like the purge franchise that much I don't right I think the first movie's terrible um Right. The first movie didn't do anything with the premise that anyone wanted. It's a home invasion weak. movie. Yeah. It's weak. 
The second movie is at least sort of Better. in the streets and an action movie. The third movie is where I I view it actually like to me that's the first. I wish that was the first movie. Like it kind of Wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, they're dressed like the founding fathers at the yes, end that's... and they're on the, the yes, and everybody's about to be executed. I remember that one. Yes. When yeah. I, I remember I walked out of the theater and I Spoilers. was like I was like somebody <laughs> well whatever. I mean it's they're old they're, it's old enough. Uh, I walked out of the theater and I was like, whoever directed and wrote this was aiming for Carpenter. I'm not saying it's anywhere near Carpenter. You know what I mean? But like the fact that I can appreciate it. I really love that movie. I thought it was the most interesting of all of them. And it's just so blunt. I love a good blunt. Fuck you to authority. (laughs) So I, I really like that movie. The rest of them you could, I could give her, I don't really like them that much. Um, But that is a three and I'm putting it in the place of alien three. So <laughs> I have other options, but I feel like you're going to say one Fair of enough. Them. So fair enough. So yeah, the per election year I'm going with it. I, there's two movies. I suspect I know one that for sure is on your list and I'm one of us is going to hit the landmine. I'm not sure which one of us is going to. Um, I wonder what you mean. I will see. I, there, I don't know. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. The, the 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 last two that I have to say are so obvious it's painful. Yeah, like that's I, why. That's the thing I hate about these lists is when you have to be obvious, but it's the truth. It's like, yeah, what are the top five you love? And it's like, oh, they're so obvious. I it pain it pains me how obvious they are. I yeah, that's right. why I said purge because I was like, Jeff will never say the purge, so I'll say it. So, so for my um. For my number three, which really could be swappable with two, as I tried to quickly rank these two. Because uh, um, no, wait, Alien Alien Three was your number four, right? Yeah, I okay. wanted to accommodate Bob's, you know. Um, oh, five. Yeah, yeah. The Bob's, numbering system. No, his he. It, it's reason. It's in a reasonable accommodation, and yeah. I wanted to respect his um his or his his desire to order things. So the next two are actually kind of interchangeable, and I'm just going with one over the other. Sure. And uh, it is Army of Darkness. God damn and it, man! I, I, yeah, knew, I, I knew we were gonna yeah, have, Army gonna have this problem. And we're gonna, you know what? My number two is gonna be your number one now. I've realized it. You motherfucker! No, you know what it no, is? No, it's not. No, it's not. Don't do it. Bob. We've already, we've ruined everything. You son of a bitch! I know. I know. He knows what it's gonna be. God damn it, Bob! I mean, um, it's just like, what can he do? What, what can we do? What can, what can we do? do? What can you do? So, Army of Darkness, man. Dude. I mean, what is there not to say about this? We have. There's nothing left to say. It's just. Hey, here's the thing, it's, Jeff. I, wait, it's, you should talk first. It was your choice. Is your first? I'll talk after you. Go ahead. I'll. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Um. So, Army of Darkness. You have a film. First of all, that does something. Now I got to replace my number one. You son of a bitch. Well, it does something that I wish <laughs> my number one did. Yeah, and you know, it it just goes on its own title. It doesn't hinder on Evil Dead Three. It just it's its own animal. So in a way, Army of Darkness is not only the third Evil Dead film, but it's also the first Army of Darkness film. And in another way, I know this is going to sound really crazy. Army of Darkness is the is the film that started it all for, say, the Evil Dead, the Ash versus Evil Dead franchise, or uh, sorry, it's, series it's on where, Stars. It's like you said, it's the uh, it's a pivot it's where, point. It's where Ash became the pop culture icon, right? And yeah. 
and again, much like Sidney Prescott, the star, the 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 vehicle of 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 this of this, you know, normally it's it's Freddie, Jason, Michael Myers, the Leprechaun, Chucky, you know, um, in two scenarios with Scream and Evil Dead, it's the protagonist who is the monster icon or the slayer of monsters. In this case, it's Ash. And um, they, you know, turned everything on its head. And really, everything is can, that can be said can be said right up. Just look at the poster, man. Look at the beautiful poster art with Ash, you know, trapped in time, low on gas, yes, surrounded, by, by, evil. Evil. Well, you know, surrounded like, by evil. Well, surrounded by evil, and low on gas. Yeah, and I literally <laughs> say that every time I'm low on gas in the car, driving my daughter to pre-K, I'll say that to myself. I'll say, trapped in time, surrounded by gas. Uh, no, trapped in time, surrounded by evil, low on gas. And... um you know, I, I just, you know, and what's interesting, too, is the tone shift from mm -hmm. Evil Dead, which is just taken. Talk about here's a film that's comedic, but is done with such like serious conviction. Everything that they do in Evil Dead is meant to be serious, even though it's not, even though it is comedy. You know, mm -hmm. these guys are just as influenced. These guys are primarily influenced by the Three Stooges. So the original Evil Dead, <clears throat> despite being the ultimate uh, experience in grueling horror, in grueling terror, horror, whatever, right, is actually subversively it's a Three Stooges film, and then as they got more clout and more success, they were able to really wear that influence on their sleeve more and more. And you know, for anybody who's had the treat of getting to watch Crime Wave, which is the Coen the Brothers. Love yeah, it. I love it too. I, I've I've seen yeah. it. Uh, I have it on Blu-ray, and I watched it twice back to back. Once with the commentary, and once without. And what's so great about Crime Wave is it's literally all of the all of the punk rock tenacity of of the Evil Dead filmmaking spirit, but applied to something that's not Evil Dead. And it's like I wish we got ten movies in the eighties that were just one after another with that same kinetic spirit. style. And obviously that flows right into Evil Dead 2, uh, which takes itself a little less seriously and starts going really cuckoo and then goes full on slapstick with Army Jackson, which is actually my, my exposure to the Evil Dead. It was the first one I saw. I saw that poster, RKO Video, 1992. I remember being a small child, seeing that poster and just like marveling at it, not understanding what it was, then catching it on late night TV and uh, sort of getting it and then watching the movies backwards. I, then I watched Evil Dead 2, which became my spirit animal followed by the sure. Evil Dead. And yeah, I was, if I could say that, like I said to you earlier, my number one, which was, now my list is all messed up. My list, my list is destroyed by everyone watching. My list is destroyed now. That's the goal now of these I know, top it's five totally shows. Destroyed. To torpedo, to torpedo the other completely. list. Um, <laughs> It's feasible that if I ran through all the number threes that I love, that Army of Darkness would come out on top, regardless of horror or not. Ooh. Um, but let me say this. Back in the 90s, um, my friend gave me both Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness on VHS. I watched them both, Evil Dead 2, back then. Listen, hold on. Back then, I was lukewarm on Evil Dead 2. Okay. Wow. It was the '90s. I was young. Okay. I didn't know what I was watching, but when I saw Army of Darkness, 
instantly fell in love. I was it like, whatever this is, whatever the hell this is, I absolutely love it. Now, today I would tell you, I do think Evil Dead 2 is obviously the masterpiece. No one, I don't think anyone's arguing that. No one is. Do I prefer Army of Darkness? Yes. But I'm that guy, you know? I'm the guy that prefers the funny to the horror. You know what I mean? Could I watch Evil Dead 2 constantly? Absolutely. It's great. It's wonderful. It's perfect. But, um, yeah, when I first saw Army of Darkness and I realized it was Three Stooges, I couldn't... How could I not? I'm, Dude, I'm looking at... I have two screens. My The background on my screen right now is the Three Stooges. <laughs> like, I... Like they're like you know, Three Stooges is Me so too, huge. Bro. I grew up in my on... life. You watch Same. if you Same. watch any of my stuff, there is Three Stooges sound effects. There is Three Stooges gags that I try to put in every now and then. Like they're so huge to me, and that becomes Sam Raimi gags now, right? Like right, like yeah, like it, like it's not just that I love Army of Darkness; it's that it's Shemping. Influ- Shemping. Army of Darkness <laughs> is influential to who I am as a person and as a creative. Like it's that like, and it's such a silly, not, it's not, it's such a silly surface movie. You know what I mean? It's not. What's funny is it, it almost <laughs> is actually an action adventure movie more than it, it is. is a horror movie. Like I mean, the fact really... I, it, it's arguably shouldn't even be on this list, but because of its association mm-hmm. with the other of its franchise, it counts. It, it, it does count. It, it's in the horror section. It's, it goes in it the is in the horror section. section, and but it does not deserve to be a hard R that it is. It is it not. Deserves it is not to a hard. A PG-13. I don't it should it's be the, PG-13. There's nothing about Army of Darkness that I find scary whatsoever. It's not. And, and I, I'm so fine with that. It doesn't matter. Again, another great example of a movie that ends on a light note if you're not watching the director's both endings. cut, that is. <laughs> I love yeah, both like, endings. Yeah. I love both endings, but it's just like, yeah. it just sort of you know, the hail to the king is the perfect cherry on the top of the Sunday and also really gives us a glimpse at at Bruce Campbell, like what he could have been in the 90s. He came up in the 80s and in the 90s in an alternate universe, he did get to star as Dr. Peter Elliott in Congo and became the horror version or of Indiana Jones. Mc- or he could have been Shooter McGavin. Was he up for that role? Yeah, famously. I did dude. not know he, that. He was almost. I, I honestly think. Shut up. I honestly don't know if it would have been better because Christopher McDonald is pretty great as Shooter McGavin, but that was one of the roles that famously that would not almost have made his got career. It wouldn't have made it his career, but he would be Shooter McGavin and Ash at the same time. Yeah, fair you enough. Know? But okay, novelty wise, that's great. But I'm talking about like what would have made him. A, a friggin' Brendan Fraser, like in the mummy type star, Congo man, Congo. Here's know, the thing: I, know, I just I know you just did a show on it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it's a I vi- little video. I pro- I'm sorry. You should you should check it out because you'd appreciate it in the sense that I love Congo, even here, though it's a fucking mess. I I freaking oh, I fucking love Congo, dude. Like, yeah, talk, Congo rules. Talk about horror adjacent. Number one, number two. Here you have my sesame cake nineties. You have 90s movie executives who've got the biggest hard on for anything that's Michael Crichton. And yeah. they're like, what's our next Jurassic Park? And they're like, oh, killer monkeys with diamond lasers. That's a great idea. Okay, let's throw some Ernie Hudson in there, some Tim Curry. Like, I mean, what a stew, right? What a stew. And then they're auditioning people. Fucking Bruce Campbell is Dr. Peter Elliott, the main frigging guy. 
Bruce Campbell with a talking monkey at his side Kevin trying Green. to bring yeah. The, yeah and then of course getting a hold of the diamond laser and just you know cutting off monkey hands like that to me would have established him as this horror-centric Indiana Jones. We and should have gotten. I wish we got more Congos. I wish there was three Congos. <laughs> I, oh God, I would love that. I would so love that. I uh, listen. I'm grateful for what we got. And again, Ernie Hudson is so spectacular in so that great. film. Uh, yeah. It just. It, I can't say enough good things. But point being, Army of Darkness shows us what Bruce Campbell. You know, uh, could have, say could have at, been at the age I'm at, and when Army of Darkness hit in my life. It's one of those movies that for a while, for a few years, it became, I mean, I was young. It became my personality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like everything. I was Army Darkness. I had like, I had like four Army Darkness posters literally hanging in my room. Like, that's how much I loved that movie. It's, it's, I still, I put it on whenever I'm feeling down or Uh, I just need a break or I just want to hear it. Uh, I've listened, I listened to the score in my car. I'm, it's like, it's just, it's everything, you know? I just want to clarify. Brian says he says Ramey called his gag Sheps. So yep. here's the thing. Yes, I don't know if he. I don't know if what. I don't know if he actually called them Sheps or what. What he was doing was he was Shemping, which was where he would take someone. Famously, when the Three Stooges were had Shemp to replace Curly, they were right. in the middle of shooting five or six shorts at the same time. Shemp died. They needed to replace Shemp with a with a. Back fake shemps of fake shemp yeah. in order to complete the shorts. Ramey and Tappard and Campbell, they all knew this. So when they're making the evil dead on and they have a skeleton crew, they start crediting people as <laughs> skeleton fake crew, shemps, no pun intended, no pun intended, <laughs> you know, because they'd have to have someone slipping in as this ghoul or that ghoul or whatever. And that was shemping and that became, and I mean, I've I, I've done a lot of I use shemps in my work, and I had to shemp many a time when I didn't have the actor. I just put on the clothes and you know put my hand in the scene or whatever. I'll, everybody does that when they're making movies and whatnot. It's like a thing. But I love the idea that it's it's shemping or that it's shemps. So I'm not sure that the gag was called shemps. And again, I don't no, want. Maybe I'm wrong. People. Maybe was, I'm wrong. I, no, no, you're right. It's the it's the people. But it's that the idea of using in. a yeah. fake shemp uh, yeah, in yeah. that you know we had um, to. Yeah. If you read oh, If yeah. Chins Could Kill, Bruce Campbell's book, he talks about this pretty at length. I really should read it. I have the yeah. Evil Dead Companion book, which is really great. I have that too. Uh, but I, I've read film leaking. All uh, Bruce Campbell talks about it pretty exclusively in his books too. So I, I'm I got to pick that up for sure. Um, but yeah, Army of Darkness, just like they don't get better than that when it comes to It's funny because you show it to people now. If somebody's coming to it, like let's say you show it to like a 30. Late thirties, late or early forties type person now, and they're like, "Dude, the guy barely says anything, and the movie is generally extremely silly, and kind of it's not a ton happens." You know what I mean? Like it's like if you show it to someone now, and I'm like, "I know," but that's what I love about it—the absolute simplicity of it. Yeah, and no the fact thought. that somebody gave Raimi back then money to do like this giant siege on a castle. And stuff like the fact that they even got that opportunity, you know what I mean? Is it's crazy. It's alternative title is known as the Medieval Dead, which I also really like. It's a really good title. Yeah, it's a good title. It's um, arguably and, way better. But and one last thing to say, uh, Brian also makes mention. He says, "Do you consider Evil Dead Two as a sequel to the first or a weird remake?" And they said that they said it's both. Yeah. However, recently on Twitter, uh, Bob uh, 
this seemed to be a hill that Bob was willing to die on in the sense that he refused to acknowledge that the evil dead is self-contained, a completely self-contained film. While I uh, agreed with whoever the random stranger was who said that evil dead, evil dead is a completely self-contained film at the end. The evil does get ash. And of course, when they made a sequel, they picked up where the first one left off, as Bob said about, you know, honoring the canon, except in this case, they didn't have the rights, so and they had the to make the movie. Did, did Sam Raimi make a, another movie that, that generally has the same canon? Yes. Yeah, but the, when you look at just the first movie alone, by itself... Yeah, it can stay, like it's many first movies, it can stand on its own. Right. So that doesn't... But it doesn't, what, but it so doesn't that's what But that's what self-contained means. It's a self-contained movie. I don't no even what. know why it matters. You know, I don't either, but <laughs> it doesn't I, really matter. <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but it, yeah, it, it does. It does, but it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, because we're making we're, that was your that was your time. number what? What was that? That was my number three. So now you're on your number two. All right. So I rewrote the last two because of I'm, Jeff. I am cringing. I'm cringing over what this butt is sexing be. up my whole list. <laughs> I butt sex. I mean, you just did, dude. You totally butt sexed it up, man. Um. I, I, this was sex, fun. Obviously. This was fun. We're gonna do this again, where we where we can knock each Literally other out. Over half of my list has been changed due to Jeff. It just makes it fun. It but you know what? It's not over fun. yet because you're definitely gonna have one of these two. On yeah, there. I know which one you're gonna do. You I ask because how I can it not it. be on there? How can it? Not I, I'm be on I'm there? literally gonna cry. Go ahead. All right. It, so I'm pretty it. sure you won't have this because we don't feel the same about these movies. So I'm happy about that. Okay. And I added this from my honorable mentions list as my number two. Yeah. Because of all the problems that I've had thus far with this, <laughs> these rules. Uh, it's, I think this is a really hack answer. And I think if you told, if you said to most people, horror three equals that you love, this movie is absolutely 100% on it for most people. And that is Nightmare on Elm Street three, Dream Warriors. Duh. I mean, it's just such an obvious answer. It is beloved. It's a it's a bit of a hack answer. I'm not going to lie. Well, it wasn't on there before. Okay? I know. I know. I know you were forced. I, I was forced. My hand was forced. It's a very popular uh, threequel yes. that everybody is in love with. This and I do love so it. Great and I, perfect. I, I do love it. It's good. I like it, too. Y- yeah, I, I love it. it. It was between that or a few other ones. I just went with that because I feel like that's I still think I... New Nightmare is a better movie than but three. That's but the, that's not the point. I know. <laughs> that's not what saying. we're talking about. I'm just saying. Also, okay. we don't agree on this franchise. We've talked about this on yes. this channel, I believe. Yes. But I do love new I do love Dream Warriors. Obviously, it is eighties. I mean, it, it's one of those horror movies from the eighties that just feels like absolute you feel like you're transported back to the decade. You know what sure. I mean? Sure. It just, it smells like the eighties. It tastes like the eighties. It is the eighties. Uh, it's got a docking. It's got the docking song. Yeah, it does. It's got a great setup and uh, it's got a great cast and I do love it. It wouldn't have normally made my list, but it does now. Thanks to Jeff. It's a great <laughs> example of a movie that brings back the OG cast. Yes. Um, you know, uh, I believe well, adding, well, adding new lore, right? Adds new lore, adds and new John lore. Saxon dies at the end of that one, right? His mm-hmm. character dies, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why it's a good, it's a really good three. Like, it is as it's far as three. like how threes come and go, it's sure. one that really feels connected to the first two. 
That's and when we find out he's the son of a thousand. Also, it's bastard, coming off. I actually, maniacs. I actually really like Nightmare Two, but it's coming off of like Two was not cons- not back then not really beloved because it kind of separated itself from One, and so oh, Three brought Gallagher is so good in it. Oh, I love Two, but yeah, but Three brought it back. You know, Three brought it back. Sure. And I think because of the success of Three, we then it kept going to where it did today. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. So. Yeah, it's a it's a really beloved movie. I love it, but it does feel like the most heck obvious answer anyone would give, except for my number one, which I know you have on there. You have it. You have it. It's there. I'm I'm shuddering. Yeah, go ahead. Um. Yeah, and you know what kills me too is that I could I could make my number one my number two, but we both know that would be. That would be. I love that all, we're not saying that it. would be dishonorable. We're not talking about the same movie. Do you understand how funny that's going to be? That's going to be really funny. But it but would we be are. So, we are talking about the same. It'd be movie. so dishonorable for me to do that just to knock, just because I know that, and then like knock you out again. But I'm not going to do that. I won't do that to you, Bob. Okay. However, however, um, it, 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 I am not. I'm dreading. I don't know why. It's like it's so inconsequential, but for some reason, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but it makes it fun. It makes everyone it watching is like, just say the damn movies. <laughs> no, okay. So here's my number two, two pick. My number two. Um, this is not only one of my favorite threequels, but it's one of the best goddamn threequels, pound for pound, one of the best goddamn threequels out there. I mean, it is just um it's great, man. It's always been great. It's freaking gory. It uh, it's bleak. It has it's 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 it has substance. Um, and guess. frankly, the 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 best scenes. The like I you know recently revisited this something I used to watch religiously as a child. I recently revisited this movie and I was like, oh my god, the best scenes don't even involve gore. It's the tension. It's the tension in the thing. Rue Morg, shout out to Rue. Rue, we talked about Scream 3 at the beginning. It's been disqualified, my friend. Um, so it's I, not. I, I mentioned it to Jeff before we did the show, and he said, yeah. no, we cannot say it. It's been, it, we you still have to go back to the beginning. It, we we did talk about it. it. We honored Scream 3. No, the film I am thinking about, It's I know it's this filmmaker's personal favorite of his films. And I know that um, it gets a lot. It gets a lot of hate and a lot of love. It's also a, a movie from my birth year, and what year um, you born? eighty-five. And Bob's trying to guess what this I'm movie. I'm trying is. to think what it could be. I know what your number one is, but um, it, it's just it's great, and it just it marries a bunch of stuff together. It's a very contained movie. I wish the scope was bigger, and what happened. To, to the poor director was his budget was cut in half. He had a much bigger scope for the film. He, he got cut in half and he had to sort of scale everything back. But I think he scaled everything back in a really great way and gave us a film uh, that led to the darkest day that the world has ever known. And that movie is Day of the Dead we were by wrong. George Romero. We were wrong. What? Day of the Dead's now. That's my number one now. <laughs> so what the fuck? Jesus Christ. Yes! Yes, my I entire, win! My entire I list win! is destroyed, dude. I fucking dude. win! My yes! entire list is destroyed, Bro, dude. I swear to God, I left, I left my number one intact as number one to honor 
the movie that I thought you were going to take me out with, and you didn't totally even misread it. that. You totally misread it. I totally it. misread it. Wow. That's I am insane. shocked. I'm I cannot. Shocked. I think I know what it is now, though. I think yeah, I know what your number one I is. I bet now. you know what it is. But I, yeah, Day of the Dead Baby is my number Son two. Son of a bi- My list is destroyed. Yeah. <laughs> I win. It's destroyed. I win. Yeah. So, so Day of the Dead Man, um, we're both obviously going to talk. I'm, so, if you didn't, how did you not know what I was talking about? I was so. Blatantly... I know. Honestly, Jeff, the, uh, when, I, when I sat down to do this list, the first thing in my mind was number one on Jeff's list is Day of the Dead. Bob, you don't know me as well as you thought you did. <laughs> okay, so then your number one could be one of two things. I, I yeah, I don't. I apparently don't know you that well. Okay, Day of the Dead was number two. It's not like I don't know you that well. Yeah, Come well, on. actually, Day of the Dead cooking. could have been number three, but I chose Army I, of Darkness. Right, I was close. Okay, <laughs> I was fucking close. Yeah, I can't no. believe. My list is so destroyed, it's ridiculous. It's Yo, but amazing. Day of the Dead, look, look, Day of the Dead is fucking brilliant. And yes, it's got these moments of extreme gore. It has overtures of Frankenstein. It's like George Romero's done zombies twice twice mm-hmm. now. He gave us uh, a, a one of the greatest films, in my opinion, my favorite film of all time, one of my favorite films of all time, the original Night of the Living Dead. He gave us this, this masterpiece of a film that I, I, I can't even talk about because I'll just never stop talking about it. And then right. he's like, how can I do this different a second time? What, what, if it, what if it's a mall? What if they're trapped in a mall? And then people lay siege to the mall and always trying to find a way to weave social commentary and these big, these big ideas into... Um, what are essentially B movie concepts. And then it's like, how does he do it? How do I do it a third time? Well, this time I'm going to weave in overtures of Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster between Dr. Logan Frankenstein and Bub. And more importantly, um, scientists and the industrial military complex. And you have these two competing groups in an underground bunker trying uh, who can't work together. They are the last bastion of civilization uh, where zombies outnumber humans 400,000 to one at this point by Dr. Logan's calculations. And they just, they're, they can't make contact with Washington anymore. And they're running out of supplies. And uh, it's just, it's such a bleak, grim situation. And then you have, in my opinion, one of George Romero's finest scenes, and it doesn't involve a single zombie and it is the scene where they're in the giant mess hall and um, the scientists are eating with the military guys. Captain Rhodes, played by Joseph, I think Joseph Pilato is his name. Pilato, Pilato, whatever. I have to look that up. Um, he, he's also briefly in Dawn of the Dead and was the original Seth Gecko in in From Dust Till Dawn when it, when it was still going to be a Robert Kurtzman vehicle before Quentin Tarantino took it over. Um, and basically... Basically, you have this this standoff between Sarah, who's a scientist, and uh, Captain Rhodes. And he basically tells her that if she doesn't sit down, he's going to shoot her where she stands. And there is so much weaved into that scene, so many layers of onion that are there. Um, and, and it's so scathingly contemporary to what's happening now. George Romero was a revolutionary um genius man he was way ahead of his time if this came out today uh, uh, surfing on the hype of the walking dead people would be mind melted over the brilliance of day of the dead and i'll turn it over to bob 
I mean, you said everything, but <laughs> uh, I mean, when it comes down to it, like if somebody asked me, let's say somebody came to me and like, Bob, you like movies, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm one of those guys. Tell me the, tell me like the bleakest movies you can think about that I could watch. It's funny that we talked about the two top ones in my head in this list of ours, because I would easily say day of the dead and alien three and day of the dead. There's something about day of the dead that feels literally depressing in a way that is artistic. <laughs> like it is so sad. It's the end of human. It's the, it's end, the end of, of humanity. It, it's it, the end of humanity. It's the, it's the slow death right. of humankind and the waiting it out to watch it die. It's and they watching, don't know. They don't, they don't know, know that they're the end. It's, that it, it's the equivalent the of watching someone you love die in a hospital bed slowly over a week. It's like, it's excruciating at every level, but it's also like weirdly beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, it, like you know, watch, and you know what I'm saying, right? Like, I'm not saying death Well, the, the monologue. But like watching the end of someone's life, like, like it's, it's dark, but there's also something, there's something like, from a aerial perspective beautiful about how we come we are and we leave you know what i mean and like day of the dead is such an end cap to that trilogy and it's it's such a, a meditation on death of not just the deaths that happen in the movie but the death of us and i don't know Humans i, I are literally underground at this point like yeah we've metaphorically been, speaking we're you now couldn't buried. push us down anymore but yeah we're, like we're metaphorically buried. and actually physically yeah. push us down like, like we're, 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 we're living we're, in a grave already yeah. and we're already buried it's done. right yeah. we're already dead and we just we're don't suffocating know it to death yeah and i mean they literally there's one woman and how many men there's not enough but you can't literally they they don't know if there's anybody else alive you can't restart the human race it's it's a it's the, it's a it's the end game and and the other thing too is you know there's this sort of like happy sort of like epilogue of them on the sandy beach on the island and they're just like starting it, you know she started a new calendar but in a way it's kind of almost like it's like here's human beings relegated back to nature um like their place it's like they it's kind of like the um the end cap to uh, uh, what's his fucking name in the mo in the movie? Uh, the Jamaican guy, but I forget his name in the movie. It kills me. Um, says Rhodes, you can't do it, Rhodes. I won't fly. I, yeah, you can't I'm make bad me with fly, names, Rhodes. So. Uh, I forget his name in in the uh, John. I think it's John, and uh, he's the helicopter pilot. And um, you know, he has this whole monologue about trying to figure out like you know why this happened and they're talking about like all the stuff that they're buried with down in the limestone cave and then like it's interesting how like they escape and they wind up on this island but like they're relegated back to their place in the natural world we're just like people on an island just enjoying like like the earth and that's well, it well there, yeah there's it's like it's back to primitive right back to primal uh, times, essentially right? yeah, right. essentially and yeah. It just, you know, uh, what's his face runs out of the Irish dude. He runs out of his booze and they're just fishing on the beach. And that's it. That's that's that's, it. That, that's the last glimpse of humanity enjoying the sunset on the day of the dead. Boom. And it's also let's also be clear too. a lot of these movies. This fits in with the scheme of which we've talked about, which upon release, not the most popular movie. Yeah. Not the they, most beloved movie. But I feel like they I got mean, hit. Dawn will always be the crown jewel for popularity and everything, as it should be. 
Um, but you know, but I but I but I feel about, like what about, what about night though? I feel like night night is its own animal. You know, I mean, I love night too, but I yeah. feel like in the in the passing years, especially the last twenty, that day has become that day's the cool one to like. Days mm. the, or the cool one to love. I feel like I see so much more day and bub and stuff when you know it comes to horror fans and everything. I, I see so much more love for it. And I wonder if that's just the time passing and people realizing it's a great movie or the fact that in many ways day feels more relevant to how we feel in the world now than the other two movies do. <laughs> right. You know, Dawn, Dawn leaves us with hope. There's hope in Dawn. Right. There's it, hope it, at the end. It's a dark movie, but there is hope. Night leaves. Night is probably the bleakest of them all for so many reasons. I mean, you know, I still, but, but I just, I guess, night. I agree with you, but also like the fact that I know where it goes makes by the makeshift fact that I know of the franchise. There's hope even then. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just it's not the fault of the movie. It's the fault of George Romero continuing the story. So it's it's not that, but day is where it feels like day feels like the end. Of day, the day feels like yeah. I watched like, I, I, ever 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 since twenty twenty, I've maybe watched day twice a year. Oh wow! So like wow, you've seen I, it a lot. Yeah, man. I mean, like sometimes it's just putting it on the background, right? But like, but I'll watch it again this year too. It's just that kind of movie, and I tell you, it's like in a weird way in twenty twenty when my hope level was at its lowest there was something strangely comforting watching something that was even bleaker than I was thinking, <laughs> you know, like, like that. I think I rewatched alien three too, to be honest with you. So like, I don't know. I don't know what that says about I mean, no, the I movie, think movies that, themselves, but I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, uh, you know, it's, it's movies that it's, it's movies that it's the reverse of what an uplifting threequel does. It's, it's like, Oh, this is so bleak that my life, or life in general is not that bleak because this is just way worse. You turn I, I, off that movie and you're like, holy shit, things are not so not. There's so still bad. hope on earth now right. where I am. Right. You know, What's Ben, up, ben? ben, How ben are is you? saying it's the best of the series. There's part of me that it totally agrees with that statement. George Romero would probably agree with Ben and I think say so. that it's the best of the series. I think Dawn is the most culturally uh, affecting. Easily. Sure. I don't think that can be argued. But night, I have so much love. I mean, night, my heart is in night because of just. I've told you that my sacrilegious. I actually prefer the remake of night. So I, it's not sacrilegious because first of all, and the George Romero was night. Yeah, he was involved in it and stuff. So Savini directed it's it's family. It, that movie is family. So they literally okay. remade it to make money off of his story that he didn't the first time. Right. And, <laughs> right, and, yeah. and, and he went back and revised it. He didn't, you know, he could have just done a shot for shot, shot remake, remake. It would have been kind of yeah. lame. But George being George is like, ah, how could I do this differently than I did right. before? And he like found a way to do it. I'm like, God damn it, I love you, George. Yeah. That. I, no. I love the original the black and white it's beautiful it's classic it is bleak but my favorite zombie movie ever it might be that remake and that's weird i know but regardless i think day it's easily arguable that day is the best movie out of all of them it's it, it, is, it really is there's so again you i could sit i mean if you want to be like a good director or if you want to like learn go to directing school i say that right in quotes. right if yeah. you want to like learn how to like if you want to watch a master 
like just like go to town watch that scene not no zombies no gore no anything just actors in a room with conflict and just watch them go to town and it's a very long scene and the best part by the way the tension it's, it's rises got the best performances I sure. think in the in the trilogy, in my sure. opinion, yeah. it, it, I, I would yeah. I would I would agree with that acting wise for sure. Yeah. And and the tension rises, and then who diffuses the tension? The scene keeps going. Just when you think it's going to break, Doctor Logan enters the room, and then he diffuses everything, and you see how they've been carrying on. Where Rhodes builds up and becomes so hot headed, and then Logan knows how to play Rhodes like a fiddle until yeah. he finds out what what what. Uh, Logan's been doing behind his back and that changes everything. I'm laughing and, because I'm yeah. thinking about all this enormous amount of praise we're pouring on this movie. <laughs> and I'm like, and it was my my fucking number one. <laughs> and now my list is completely done. I'm curious to know, um, Ben. Ben says, admittedly, Night and Dawn had story issues. They were fixed in Day and Night Remake. I want to hear, Ben, I'm curious to hear what you think the story issues were in Night. I never and... saw the Day remake, but I didn't hear anything good about the Day Oh, remake. the Day of the Dead remake? I, oh I don't my think God. I ever heard anything oh, bad. good about that. Very bad. I don't know. I, and, I honestly and I... don't know what Ben's talking about there, but... Are you sure he doesn't mean the Dawn remake, which I don't even consider part of that. It's I enjoy yeah, the, the Dawn, Dawn remake. remake is not family, but I do love that uh, Dawn remake. You know, it's a fun movie. It's just yeah. not it's not Romero. Right. In any, yeah. Of course. Um, so, OK, so are we at. Hold on a second. That are was your you, number two. That was my number two. Now, so you're now at we're number at. One. God damn it. I'm so scared. Well, I mean, I've been painted into a damn corner here and. This is my number one, too, which has been destroyed. So everyone watching or listening know that Day of the Dead was my number one. That's all this I is now make. a game of strategy. It's no longer it's, just yeah. making a list. So, it's a game of knocking people out and knocking people So while people Jeff down. was waxing poetic about the masterpiece that Day of the Dead is, I had to make a quick decision about what my new number one is. And I'm going to do this. Because it is my favorite horror franchise... Um, uh, maybe aside from Evil Dead, but it's my favorite like long-running horror franchise character. I'm gonna have to put it in there, even though I don't even feel like it's it will be remotely close to my number one. I know what you're gonna say. I and yeah, I know what you know what I'm gonna say because I don't really have a choice, Jeff. I, it's it's hard to pick something to put it number one. But look, I have been a longtime fan, super fan of Don Mancini's Chucky series. I knew you were I say absolutely love it love the child's play series the child's play movies i think it's the only long-running series that has ran that long is now a tv series that has been controlled writing wise by one human being which i find to be extremely interesting the fact that that one man has like it's amazing steered something for that long and not given up and still passionate about it he's still passionate respect yeah total respect so while it is not even remotely the best of those movies I will say Child's Play 3, the movie that a lot of people don't like. I I like, I like Child's Play 3. I like Child's Play 3. I watched it a ton in the 90s. It has yeah. a few scenes that, as a kid, totally freaked me out. Oh, my God, yes. When Chucky put real bullets oh. in the in the guns during the exercise, I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, that's like terrifying. Ter- absolutely the most terrifying thing ever. It's also got one of the best neck slicing scenes in a movie ever with Chucky and the Barbara guy. 
And can Talk I say that respecting continuity too? If you even if you dislike this movie, Chucky's death in this movie fucking rules. Fuck yeah. His death in this movie, which creates obviously his new look, which stuck. I I love that like his Bride of Chucky look actually stuck through the ages, but without the death and the, seed, it's stuck in seed. It's too. stuck in seed. Well, I'm saying like you saw it in costumes when he would show up in pop culture, he would look like the bride of Chucky Chucky. That was his Jason. That was, that his, was his Jason, Jason reformation. Thing. Right. Yeah. But you wouldn't get that without the absolutely badass, amazingly executed death in child's play three. So while it is not remotely my number one, nor would it be in my top five because of my absolute adoration for Don Mancini and Brad Dourif's Chucky, I will say my number one threequel is now Child's Play 3 because of one Jeff Frummis <laughs> ruining my list completely. So there you go. And here I thought I was being a gentleman by putting <laughs> Day of the Dead as number two. I really was. Um, Damn it, man. Well, I just want to say, no, Child, Child's remember, Play 3 is Day, Day of the Dead was my number two. Army of Darkness was my number one. I had to move all this around. And I moved right. it around, and then you ruined number two. <laughs> see how much better the see what we used to do, people. For next time, you're this. going first. Next time, you go first. Fine, I don't care. And I'm but, ruining your list. That's what's happening. No, it's it's a strategy. It's a strategy it's, game now. It used to not be a strategy game. It used to be you just if we had the same one, we'd be like, oh, that's the same one. But that's right. not fun. That's not dodgeball. You're right. We're playing not, dodgeball now, it's, and it's fun. I I am fine with the rules, and I will abide by them. But Lord in heaven, my whole list is destroyed. It's just, <laughs> Um, shut up about it. It's fine. I I like I, Child's Play three. Listen, I I like Child's Play three too. And one thing you didn't mention, the thing that always stuck. Yeah, I want to guess your me, first one really quick. You can, you can Wait, in a before second. You say it, okay? Of course, uh, I will lead it in. I, I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I can't believe I, I I'm thought it was. I, I mean, Day of the Dead's a good choice for you. I feel. I am shocked that you didn't get that this was my first one. And I, mean, I might be so wrong too. I might egregious. This is egregious. I have two notice. guesses, Jeff. I have two okay. guesses. I, I think you're going to get it too. Um, uh, Child's Play 3, the scene where the, the nerdy guy dies is so tragic and all, sad. Yeah. You think, oh, is he going to get up at the end? No, no. He took a grenade to the stomach and died to yeah. save everybody. And uh, right. Didn't he jump on it to save everybody? Yeah, yeah. You know, in the IDF, there is uh, they have like three different types of medals of honor for soldiers. And like the second mo highest honor uh, was awarded to someone who that actually happened to. He was he was uh, a young guy in his platoon, a, a grenade, a grenade uh, fell into his platoon and was going to kill them all. And he said, "What's in in Judaism? We have a prayer called the Shema, Shema Yisrael Adonai Elokeinu Adonai Elchad." He said the Shema and jumped on the grenade and took the grenade. He he absorbed, he you know it killed him. He took the grenade to save all of his platoon members. And every time when I heard that, I immediately thought of Child's Play three. <laughs> And I was, that's kind of fucked up. I just kind of fucked up a little bit. But it's yeah, also it was, like, yeah. it's a, but, but uh, like, but that's a, but that's a beautiful story about a sacrifice. It's a beautiful story of yeah. sacrifice, but like, it just, it makes the death in Child's Play 3 that much 
like more brutal to me because I I heard a story of like how that really happened to someone, dude. And it's just it's brutal, dude. It's, it's also, fucking brutal. Child slavery. That whole scene, that whole the child chunk of that scene, is just going to show that like uh, Don Mancini does this thing where he kills kids. Yeah, he in, kills in his movies, kids, dude. He if you <laughs> if you're watching if you watch the new show which is in continuity. I'm just saying. He does kill. There's kids that are killed by Chucky. Okay. In that. Well, that's not a spoiler. Spoiling. That's not a spoiler. It's a spoiler. I, I'm not say how, but like, it's even even though I've been with the series since the beginning and I'm a huge fan. Same. Same. It's still even then, and Chucky is overtly a silly thing. It's still hard to watch him actually murder a child. Like, sure. You know, and Child's Play three is arguably the one out of those first three where he does it. Kind of the the most, yeah. Yo, Child's Play Two is dope, though. That is a dope. Child's Play Two fucking rules. That's my of those three. Child's Play Two is my favorite. Yeah, it's the strong. It's it's the best one. He has the best death too. He like melts into goo. It's so great. Yeah, Uh, I I also I love Bride of Bride of Chucky. Bride of Chucky is the the late nineties. That late nineties dimension straight to video. It wasn't straight to video, but that was Don Mancini doing. That was him unleashed. You know what I mean? And Ronnie, totally, Yugi. totally. Ronnie, he does the same unleashed. thing in Seed of Chucky, man. Yeah, I which I have Seed a post. I have a poster. I have a, yeah. a giant twenty-four by forty poster of Seed of Chucky. Um, that's I, I love Seed of Chucky. Yeah, I'm just a um, big fan. No, I, I I applaud your your number one. Okay, let us go. Let us go now. Remember, give me. I want two guesses. You can have two guesses. I, I've earned that. Do you want me? Do you want me? This is like the final boss. So you're going up against like the final boss now. I'm like a guy and I've like got all my things. I'm like, eh, 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 eh. oh, he's the uh, he's Dan. Dan is saying that there's a rap song with uh, movie yes. quotes from Chucky in it. That's cool. Yes, that is cool, Dan. Um, Okay. So, so this film, I could, just, I could just guess before you say anything. If you want. But what's the fun in that? Okay. Say, okay, go ahead. I'll give you this first hint. This film, much like uh, Army of Darkness, is also a third film that really should be its own film and or could I be its it. own film. And it's, <laughs> a, it's just a shame that it's not. All right, what is it? What do you think it is? Well, it's obviously the movie that also has the same title as another movie that stars the greatest actor of all time, which is Nicolas Cage. Right. So he was in a movie that has the same title as this movie. Am I am I on to something here? I have no idea what you're talking about. What? I really don't. What are you talking about? How do you Okay. What is it? Halloween three? No. It's not Halloween three? Okay. It's not Halloween three. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Okay, yes! one more guess. I get one more guess. By it the is... way, uh, Halloween three absolutely was on an early version of Dan my has list. been it's saying Halloween honorable... three constantly. Dan, it was in my honorable Dan, mentions. it's in mine too. It's in mine too. We I love Halloween three. We're Same. gonna talk about that briefly. We're gonna we always do an honorable mentions afterwards. Right. It's not that I can't believe you didn't get this. All right, well then I got one more and it's gonna be wrong. I, I've been this has destroyed me. Dude, um, I just gave you the biggest fucking hint ever. Ever. it's a move it's the third movie of a franchise that really deserves to have its own title and not be have a three at the end that it's, would be season of the witch that fits that description that does perfectly. okay yeah. fair enough fair enough fair enough does that right. not fit right. This perfectly? You're right you're right it does it does but it's not season of the witch okay so this is the only other answer i can think of i i maybe i'm just having trauma from my list 
and I think so. It's just the list has been so destroyed. But Jeff, the only other guest that I have at this moment, unless you gave me like a week to ponder it, which I don't have. (laughs) This is not a good answer, but this is the only thing I can think is Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Absolutely correct. Thank God. Something went right. (laughs) Absolutely correct. The... Return of the Living Dead. I win three, because of moment. that. I win the whole thing. I oh, did. Oh no, you don't. Yes, I did. No, I win. Don't. I the, won. The um, Return of the Living Dead three is on the fucking thumbnail, Bob. Come on. Okay, it's... I didn't go by the thumbnail. I didn't. Yeah, but you said yeah, you even course, told me that the thumbnail. Return of the Living Dead three, man, like, is to me yeah. like the gold standard of what a threequel could be. And technically, it's not a threequel. Technically, it's actually a. It's also a part four. You know what? You know what is the bitch of this? Is if you didn't describe it like you did, I would have said Return of the Living Dead three first. You described it. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so no, I'm saying, drunk on maniacality. If you let me guess before you said anything, I would have chosen Return of the Living Dead three first. Rue knows. Rue knows. Um, yeah, no, listen, it's a, it's technically, if you think of Return of Living Dead as a sequel to Night of Living Dead, which it is, Return of Living Dead 3 is not only a part three, but it's actually a part four. Right. And, but it has part three in the title. It could also, you could well, just, it, you it could is, call it, it, it a three. It is a three. You could so. just call it Kurt and Julie, and it would be a great fucking movie. It doesn't need to be called Return of Living Dead part three. It stands on its own. Um, I love this movie. Uh, to no end. I, I saw it uh, when I was it's 15. A great movie. It's a great fucking movie. I saw it when I was 15 and I was so like, n- I was so deeply affected by the ending of the movie because I couldn't in the same way that you can't like you like shocked when Chucky kills a kid. I was so shocked that Brian Usna and John Penny had the balls to kill these characters that had been through the mill in the way that he did the single most nihilistic bleak ending more so than day of the dead more so than any film on this list it is the anti feel good film where they simply the only way to escape is through death and it is just it, it, it is uh, it, it destroyed me then every time i watch it it destroys me in a little bit i've obviously grown accustomed to watching it and i've seen it so many times and um you know, the last time I watched it, I was really blown away by um, how it's it's really it's a movie about codependency. And yes, it's a Frankenstein story. Yes, it's a Romeo and Juliet story. And yes, it's like a zombie film. Yes, it has like these elements of like love and death, which are some of my favorite themes in horror. You know, uh, it's one of the reasons why I love Cemetery Man so much. But um, this is Cemetery a movie Man. at its core. Is it and, Del Morte? Yeah, great film. Yeah. I uh, you know I spoke to both Brian Usna and John Penny. Had them. I still unreleased interviews that I've yet to put on this channel, where I talked to you them about for? this. I don't. I know, right? Well, I have to go through them, and it's just gonna. Just one of them's three. Brian Usna's interviews three hours long. I just like haven't had the get, patience to get sit down. on that man. I know, like, right? Like I interviewed to. the fucking man, right? And I got to tell him about my feelings about this movie that affected me so much that he made. And, um, you know, and they, I 
recall them kind of disagreeing with me, but I like they were wrong. Like it is a movie. I mean, they made the movie. They, <laughs> they were wrong. <laughs> they were wrong. They were kind of wrong. I no, I think I actually I think John Penny agreed with me. I don't know. One of them I think agreed with me in that I just in, like the idea of you telling them they're wrong about their movie. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. yeah. No, I totally did. I I to, I, I think so. I have to I might have to jog my memory, but um Return of Living Dead 3 is a movie about codependency and what one will put up with in order to um, stay safe in a love that is no longer safe. Correct. You know, Kurt loves Julie. Julie is dead and she eats brains. It feels so stupid saying those things, but the material is treated really seriously. The tone is super grim and serious. And it works. It really, really works. And you have this guy, he literally winds up in the sewers. Talk about like the metaphor of, of the bunker in Day of the Dead. They find themselves in the literal gutter, you know, on the run. And it's like, it's like the, such a, it's such a, a scathing portrait of young beauty um, on the verge of death with no future. It's young love corrupted. Young love corrupted. And you know, what is their plan? Their plan is she's decomposing. She can't stop eating brains. Their plan is to run away to Seattle and he's going to join a band. Their, their, their ideas, like what they want to do. Everything's doomed. Like there, they have, there is no escape for them. And literally as there's the, at the end, we get this little night of living dead, uh, homage. And at the end, he gives her the guy who's been helping them this whole time. Take this guy up the fucking. They, there's a light coming from a manhole. They have to climb a ladder to get out to like get out of the thing. It's so obvious what they have to do, and they can't even do it. And that's the moment. That's Kurt has a moment of clarity uh, as he wallows in this codependency with someone who's literally addicted to eating brains, where he suddenly realizes that I have to walk away from this. This is unhealthy. This is going to kill me. I have to walk away because they literally. There is the light at the end of the tunnel and they can't even get up the ladder. They become so dysfunctional. So he walks away. And then of course he chooses love and in choosing love, he chooses death. And it's just, there's so much, there's so much going on in it. And I just, I love it. I love this film so much. And I wish there was a part four. there was a part four uh, called hail, uh, hell Mary that apparently there's a treatment for and I, man, I, it'll never come out, but I mean, I just, there, I love that. There movie. was a really bad part four, right? I believe there's a really bad part four and part five that were shot back to back and right. don't even, they're not family. They I've don't seen, even I've exist. watched them. I watched yeah, them. Uh, so ago, they're but... right over there on my shelf and I don't know why I own <laughs> you them. You own them? Yes. I have Let me ask you DVD. this. So two things I've observed listening to you speak about it so lovingly. Um, why do you think, and I agree with you on everything, and I truly do love Return of the Living Dead three, not as much as two. I love two, the most. Of course, you. Of course, two would be your favorite. Or no, least... no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I love Out one the... the most. Right. But I right. also love two. Of course, you would love two. two I, know... I, was, I saw. I watched two first, and also two is much sillier. But much I love silly. all three. I love all sure. three. But sure. why do you think that three never got its just desserts in pop culture? Um. Brian, just you got to see the return flicks. Uh, yeah, Brian, Brian you have to. What see are the you doing, flicks. man? Why the first did three? Not... The first three. I mean, what? Wait, wait, like. Oh, I feel, oh why? I feel, I feel like even okay. So, Return of the Living Dead Three does have a very loyal cult following, 
But yeah. why do you think it never? I don't know. Like I feel as good as it is. It's it the should third be film because you it's think the it's third. Just, it's been relegated. That's kind of what it's I was trying handy. to get out of yeah, you. Yeah, it's been hobbled. It's 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 yes. No, no, no. Yeah, it was hobbled by the fact that it is the third film and quasi straight to video. I believe it had a small theatrical release for like two weeks or something. It doesn't really qualify it. I mean, it is so. I mean, it is a straight to video vest, uh, not Vestron, uh, Trimark. Right. Uh, my beloved, my beloved straight to video Trimark films. That that period from ninety two to ninety five. Just like oh, I can, I can hear the logo now. Yeah, I can hear yeah. the logo now. Cyborg two, Free Jack, or no, Free Fall, Free Jack, Brain Smasher, a love story. Brain Smasher, yeah. Oh, just just Leprechaun two, just the best, the best arachnophobia. I know th- well, that was had a theatrical release, but it was still yeah, that was hard. wide. That was wide release. Um, I guess I guess my point was sort of like the thing that if you look at all these, even starting out with my number five and down, like. The one thing you can say about threes is that they do one of two things, it seems, is they either bring you back to the core of the first movie True. and remind you why you loved this whole thing to begin with, or they give you an entirely new experience with a new tone and almost a new genre with the same premise. Return of Living Dead kind of does both of those things and right. that's what also makes it so great sorry return right. of living dead three it it has that i mean return of living dead ends the same way everybody dies you know um but mm. for some reason when you walk out of return of living dead you're like that was fun let's do it again and with the i mean the, the end of return of living dead is so it's bleak. bleak it's bleak yeah but i it's, mean especially it's still fun Tina, though. it's the execution oh man. it's so fun yeah. Uh, whereas, whereas there's something about the end watching them literally their last words are where, where we belong as they're in a fucking incinerator burning to death and yeah. kissing and just hugging each other. And it is just, and then that just fades to black. I'm going, that's it. That's it. That's how it ends. That's, that's the movie. And I thought about that ending for a week straight i couldn't it did not leave my mind at 15 years old burned in my brain i owned the very vhs that i got from the, that that i rented from the video store where i first saw it for the first time and i've never i haven't watched it i might be the last person that rented it even it just sits there unwound you know uh as like a as like a just this this uh this artifact of like of the shock the sheer shock that i felt that a movie could go there and do that and they just they do so it's chock full of so much stuff they they do so they do they go they go to so many different places and um the i guess the only thing that that really could have only made return of living dead 3 better is that they've already established this precedent we're going to bring back actors that die in the first movie like bring back don kalfa bring back james karen again I mean, maybe the movie wouldn't be what it would be if you had. I don't know that if that element. would fit. I don't know if that would fit with three. Don like, Calfa like was is. supposed to be in. Was he, supposed he, was, to be in it? he was supposed to be in it. I mean, it would have been interesting. I love that they without them the in Darrow it. It mythology. gives it all the all the all the things you're describing and the and the tone. Sure. I think without them in it, even if they were intended to be, it gives it gives uh, Return Three that like. A little bit more slanted towards uh, respectful seriousness and emotion that you're trying to pull out of it, 
even if maybe Brian Eason doesn't agree. But you know what I mean? If they had him, come I gotta back remember. And, I don't remember what he said. I have. Well, to I don't check. know either. It's either but, him or John Penny is the John Penny is the writer, and he was also the uh, assistant editor on the first film. So I actually got to ask him about the first film as well, and he was like telling awesome. me like he uh, he was. I remember him saying like we were looking at the dailies and we were like sweating bullets because Dan O'Bannon didn't shoot any coverage as you can see. Now one might say that that was not, that that was a, a green mistake as a first time writer director, but you know, retroactively decades later, it comes off as masterful because you look at these, these master shots, these wide shots, these ensemble shots, and it feels like an, it almost feels more about it's more about the actors than it is about the camera. Yeah, it's yeah. all in service to the performances, and it's the also a way for a director, a director in the studio system to control the final edit. Sure, At, you know, I bet you. I think I have Did, nothing I, to back I, this up. I bet you're fucking right. I bet you. Dollars I know. I know. I'm probably right. Dan O'Bannon was absolutely smart right to be like, if I shoot more. And give them options, they'll they'll fuck my movie up. You are, I think I'm you an just editor, Jeff. What do you head. think? I know. Yeah, I think like, you just yeah. nailed it on yeah. the fucking head. He framed all of those shots in that way because he knew, yeah, that the only way that this was going to work, and because he literally had, had an ensemble, <laughs> right? He had an ensemble of six characters that he right. wrote, and he wants to keep all his six characters in the shot. Let's shoot everything wide. We'll get so you everything can't in the cut wide. Anybody out. You can't cut anything out. And I'll tell you, yeah. the movie is better. I'll tell you this too. Nobody talks about this. When you talk about like oneers and like unbroken takes. The, go next time you watch *Return yeah. of Living Dead*. Right. That opening scene is all. I believe it's. I don't know how long it goes for, but it's unbroken. And it's just them going back and forth on the set. They're going into the foreground and out of the foreground. And I'm sitting there going, motherfucker, they're not cutting. Like he's just on a step. They have a steady cam and they are just going behind the shelves. And it's just yeah, so no, it's, uh, in camera editing, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like, oh, Spiel God, Spielberg's Spielberg's a master of in camera editing. Same with, I love, yeah. I love in camera editing my taste, which I'm always trying to bridge the gap between my taste and ability. As we talk about on this off often, uh, right. it, it, it's impossible. In camera editing requires a crew, a focus puller. Of course it does. Everything it doesn't yeah, mean right. that you're not gonna, gonna fucking try to do it. <laughs> and it's like, you know, it's funny is the funny thing about in camera editing is yes, it saves you time in post, but it, it like the amount of, of rehearsal and execution that's required. It's a little bit like a play. It's a little bit like a play. It's exactly you, like you, a play. You have to tell actors that in spatially how to hit their marks. <sighs> Sure. The camera's gonna it's be all about blocking. Yeah. Blocking, movement, everything. So yeah, it's hard. It's way well, harder. Well, it's one step more than a play because now you have the camera, yeah. the camera element and the sound element all have to add up to make it. But what's interesting is they say that 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 film is a director's medium, TV is the writer's medium, and yeah. stage is the actor's medium. But here's a situation where where film is being is in service to the actors right instead yeah. of the director yeah. and that's what's interesting about it agree i think that i mean what we're right at a good healthy two hours i said to bob i said bob let's try to do this in 70 minutes and of course that was never gonna fucking two happen do you want to read our honorables real quick oh Just yeah to... fuck we forgot the uh, yes of course what we got a, all right a, a little a little more padding because we have to do honorables go ahead let's all right yours. so I'm, yeah, we don't need to talk about all these, but this is the list I had to choose from. 
I'm not going to read the ones I've already said in my list, but I had to fix myself on the go because of Jeff's rules. But so, that made the game that it, that turned a list it into made a it, game and made it yes, more interesting. It made it more interesting and more fun. Um, number uh, the first one I have written down is Ghoulies Three. Ghoulies Go to College. I have I, it too. I enjoy that movie. I think it's a really fun. Fuck fucking yeah, movie. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah, it's, it's a totally fun movie. I also have one that's kind of maligned, but I like it because I grew up with it. Poltergeist 3. Okay. Uh, Poltergeist 3 is an extremely weird movie that does feel like it almost is, sets a, is set apart from the first two. But, like, it just has a different tone and it's a different setting. Weird movie. Um, obviously, Friday the 13th Part 3, which I love because it's a nice, sleazy-ass movie. Like, it's just... It's, like, <laughs> maybe the sleaziest movie of all of them. Um of course, I had Halloween three season of the witch. As did I. I right. mean, uh, this one is not a favorite, but I wrote it down anyway. Jaws three D. Okay. How could I not write that down? I I enjoy. Hold on, hold Jaws. on. Best shark eating scene in all of Jaws's. You think so? When the fucking dude at the end gets eaten, that's fucking terrifying. Oh yeah, it is terrifying. It's not my favorite, but yeah. Okay, Quint is the best, obviously. But after Quint is is this dude. He hands down Jaws he literally three is, gets uh, swallowed and eaten alive, and we yeah. watch him get chewed up in the mouth of Jaws. No, that's it's it's up. it's gnarly. It's gnarly. Jaws 3D as a movie is it's something else. Um, I would have preferred oh yes, I would have preferred the original pitch, which was Jaws Three People Zero which was the parody movie within the franchise. Um, right, Jaws 3 people zero. And Glenn yeah, Lewis Danzig Jr. If you if you're a Patreon, I don't know if it's if it's public yet, but if you're a Patreon, you could hear Glenn Danzig's review of Jaws, of Jaws 3D. 3. <laughs> I would listen to that. Um I also had Tremors 3, which isn't very oh, good. Oh, back to perfection. Back to perfection. Now, well, is that back to perfection or is that that's the ass? No, you're right. That's one. the that's the prequel. That's Tremors the best three four. is the prequel. The Western is four. Then three... Tremors three is back to perfection. Is Tremors that... three is no, sorry. Tremors three is ass blasters. Uh, Tremors three is ass blasters, definitely. One hundred percent. So I, I don't Tremors two fucking is the love best it. sequel without love question. It. I love, love it. Tremors two. Love it. Amen. Three is the best of the rest of them. And it's okay. Just it's, goofy as fuck. It's goofy and it's fun. It's whatever. Yeah. Ass Blasters, um, man. Ass Blasters. The fact they came up with that name. Uh, and my last one is Leprechaun 3, which is when he goes mm. to Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Very fun movie. I'm still, yes. I prefer Leprechaun. Pogo Stick in, Death. Pogo Stick Death. Pogo Stick Death. Good. I prefer Leprechaun in space because it's absolutely. absolutely stupid and horrible and amazing. And I asked uh, yeah. when I interviewed Miguel Nunez Jr., for this channel, which yeah. I still haven't uploaded. Jeff, what are you doing? I know, right? I 100% asked him about Leprechaun 4 in space. I forgot what That's he said. That's incredible. But I did talk to him about that movie. So Yeah, that, that'll probably come up if we ever do a number four horror. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. But yeah, Leprechaun 3, I think it's a really fun movie. Sure. I actually don't love all the Leprechaun movies, but 3 and I 4. I love them all. Three and four are my are my in shit. the hood. Back to the hood. Give me give me them all. I'll, I'll take every one of them, man. I love I love and ones. I did write it down, but it's not even remotely my favorite. Critters three. It's okay. I I put critters three on my yeah. honorable mention. I prefer critters four. Oh. <laughs> yeah, critters four is like critters four is insanity. I love. So it. So what you did, I will add to your list and of honorable mentions. I okay. have the howling three, the marsupials. Okay. 
which is super goofy. Uh, Dan, I've never seen House 3 or House 4. I've seen House 1. House 2, by the way. Rules. No one ever talks about fucking rules. House 2 so good. rules. I like House And I've been well. waiting. You know, I want those Arrow uh, releases. And mm. I've just never, I, I you know, I didn't pull the trigger on the box set when I had the chance. And now it's like super hard to come by. And I feel like, I, how can I revisit House until I have all four of them and I revisit them all at the same time? Or watch them all at the same time? So I have actually avoided re-watching house and house two but i think i'm gonna do it this for 31 days i think i'm gonna yeah. do house and house two. four houses yeah well i i don't know the, the the other two are really hard to come by but uh house three isn't even house three is another movie that was just given the isn't title I, house three i, I love movies like that it's like the troll troll three right, right? contamination I, point I, seven I, yes. I almost wrote that down even though it's not my favorite but it is a horror three just as a goofy the crawlers contaminate or contamination yeah. point seven yeah yeah, yeah. just because it's so goofy it's so goofy um so another honorable mention that you i mean you literally named off everything here's two more honorable mentions that i will add to this list okay I, I honestly, we don't have to talk about Halloween three because we we all know why we love we all Halloween know it. three. It's, it's so fine. fucking just it's been discussed to, to death to death. And I really want Halloween three part two, and I hope we get it someday. Um, you do my, know there's a Nick Cage movie called Season of the Witch, right? Yes, there is. Okay, that's now what I, know I meant. What you're talking about that's yeah, what I meant with Ron Perlman, and it's yes. fucking awesome. I don't know if it's awesome, but yeah, no, sure. it's awesome. It is awesome. Okay. And they're like not sure if they're transporting a. Witch. I never saw. They're not it. sure if she's a witch. But fucking awesome. Okay. I'll, Nicholas I'll... Nicholas Cage is a crusader knight who leaves the crusade. It's great. Just, okay. just see it. It's I don't well, know. Well, I'll tell you to one. see any Nicholas Cage film because I love Nicholas Cage so much, but we all know this. Yes. Um, so okay. So uh so the other ones that are not on your list, I have and I didn't put this on my list, obviously, because I couldn't have two Brian Usna films. Beyond Reanimator is a great is yeah but i didn't want to do that i wanted to very beyond reanimator is pretty awesome yeah fucking awesome dude it's really really awesome and uh again it just you know it was made in spain and uh combs is the only one who's american in it and everybody else is doing an accent or american accent uh and that was when uh what's his face uh brian was producing films in spain he did you know um what's it called uh uh, Faust, the Faust superhero film, which is really crazy to rewatch, by the way, um, <clears throat> which I revisited recently. I, uh, I I almost wrote that down, but I was like, that's never going to be on my top five. Even though what, I, beyond, I do, yeah, I couldn't I, I, put I, it on my top five. I do love it. It's just it wasn't ever going to honorable make the mention. List. Honorable yeah. mention. Um, and then here's another honorable mention that is technically not a third film, but it is secretly Creepshow three, and that is Tales from the Dark Side the movie which is oh, the true right. creep show three. Yes, there is a creep show three that was licensed. That was made by uh, Richard, Richard Rubenstein, who is George Romero's uh, partner in Laurel entertainment. And was also just, you know, he's been making a lot of bad deals and yeah, yeah. you know, that's how you get day of the dead part two. And just like a bunch of goofy stuff, the day of the dead remake and the TV show, it's just not good stuff. Uh, but he also licensed out creep show three and, or we got creep show three, uh, straight to red box uh bs uh and then separate whoa bob just went weird bob um, are you okay can you hear me yeah yeah can you hear me yeah did i like smudge like the way you just like turn into a smudge that was really scary i you, you you've been completely crisp so oh huh. that was just bob um 
Colorado Space. Is, yeah, I like Colorado Space. Um, yeah, but fuck that filmmaker. He's a piece yeah, of they, shit. that guy is learning about what that guy scum. is. Yeah, he's a scumbag. Thing. But but yeah. uh, Nick Cage is fun in that movie, and he does do the uh, he does do the vampire's kiss voice at the yeah, request of that director, and it's great. Yeah. Um, it's not great in the movie, but it's great because we want to see Nick Cage do that. No, um, Tales from the Dark Side, the movie is the true Creepshow 3 because it uses all of the personnel that worked on Creepshow and Creepshow 2. John Harrison, who did the score and I believe shot both Creepshow and Creepshow 2, directs Creepshow 3. Um, it's, you know, Tales from the Dark Side was George Romero's TV series. It has its DNA is the true third heir to the creep show. It's uh, it's like uh, it's like how Jean Claude Van Damme Cyborg is Masters of the Universe too. Um, that's crazy. I didn't. You didn't know that? that? No. Yeah, it's it was supposed. Oh my God. To, that was originally Masters of the Universe too. And then that in and of itself got three movies. Right, like right. Two other There's, movies. <laughs> right. Cyborg 2 is, I love Cyborg 2. For I so like the I, Cyborg I'm franchise, so, man. I love so Cyborg. So attached to Cyborg 2, not just because Angelina Jolie is beautiful in it, but like Jack Palance is great. It's such a oh, yeah, weird, a great movie. quirky, straight to video 90s movie. So uh, good. Pinwheel, pinwheel espionage is so, so great. Those um, movies are like my, my shit. That's like what I yeah. love. Oh, man. Me too, man. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so so Tales from the Dark Side movie counts as a three cool in my heart. And I got to I wanted to just um just make a notation of that. And I think that concludes our honorable mentions. I gotta say, uh Bob, this was a this was a blast to do it's pretty dense. It was pretty dense. Like the fact that no, also the fact that I had to fill in all these holes and made it it, made, it did make it more interesting. And uh, it kept you on your toes. It wasn't just paint by numbers, man. It wasn't paint by numbers. It was a journey. We. I I still, I still can't believe. I actually can't believe I discounted the fact that Return of Living Dead Part Three was your number one. I assumed Day of the Dead. I was so fucking nervous. I was so nervous. I assumed Day of the Dead. That's my victory. I don't care what you say. You get. Yeah, you guessed it. But I, I won this. Preface. I won this. If you didn't preface. I would have said Return of Living Dead three, but you said the you described it in a devious way that sounded oh, like bullshit. Yeah, this witch. isn't no fucking Rumpelstiltskin game where you Look, guess my name and I. Fucking I would have guessed it on. first. I would have said it. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I, it's I fine. Up. It's fine. Army of Darkness <laughs> would be my number one. It's fine. Um. Guys, I just want to thank Bob so much for come dropping by and doing this as he does from time to time. Sure. Bob, thank a you. couple of plugs here. We should have done this at the beginning. Bob runs the Thundergrunt Network. And it's not a network. Has, whatever. It, it's Thundergrunt podcast. It is a sorry, podcast. Sorry, my bad. Thundergrunt podcast. Network implies there's several feeds. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Thundergrunt podcast. He also has thundergrunt.com. They do the writer's blockbuster show, which is great, especially if we're you want to um, learn. Yeah, go, sorry, I was going to say, if uh, anyone's interested, if you go to you listen to Thundergrunt podcast, we're going to be doing first you, the original Hellraiser. It's a script podcast. We're going to talk about break down the original Hellraiser. Then we're going to do the very the new Hellraiser. Nice. So we're doing one two punch this October. Both Hellraiser movies, the you original. Mean, you mean original orig- remake? Original punch. remake. Yes, yeah. we're going to do both. We did it with Candyman last year. We did and, the original. And I got to tell you, yeah, 
I learned, I've learned a lot about screenwriting structure stuff from listening to that podcast. If anyone listening is a big fan of WNUF or Lovely Molly, the two guys who wrote those movies are the guys I did the show with. Yeah. Yeah. Or the editing of one of the segments in VHS too. Well, that's me. Yeah. But Jamie also wrote the segment, the zombie segment in VHS too. He also wrote the Bigfoot movie Exists. If you've seen that. Um, so yeah, those those guys know what they're doing. It's a listen. It's a great show. I and Bob also has his YouTube channel. Um, and yeah. he has puts all his shorts out, and and it's great. You can find me at, at Thundergrunt Bob on IG and Twitter. It'll have all the links there. So if you're into Bob's uh, uh, crazy sense of humor as I am, check out his stuff Thanks. and all that stuff. The link tree is in the description of this video. So. Um, Thank you. Click on that. Check check all that stuff out. And I'm not going to do the Patreon spiel. Support us on Patreon if you like. Um, uh, buy buy a cup of coffee and whatnot. Um, and we will, or buy a T-shirt. And we will see you next time. Rue, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you for joining us again, Brian's. Yeah, been thank you everyone lately. for commenting. Totally. And Dan too. Dan's a new Patreon. Thank you, Dan. Um, and Brian, thank you for loving that one short I made. <laughs> he, he actually yeah. is referencing it in the, in the comments. Rue says it's nice to see you again, Bob. Looking forward to the Hellraiser episode. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. seriously, Rue. Thank you. Bird is the word of Mama Umau Mau. Okay, and w- we have a wonderful way of saying goodbye here on the channel. As always, we say peace and hair grease, and we will end the show 